And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, it is close to Halloween, and we are here for another edition of the Weighing In Podcast, where we get to talk about what we just witnessed in the UFC. What a show. What a series of fights. UFC definitely delivered. UFC 267, as we predicted, my man Josh Thompson. We predicted it was going to be fantastic, and I'll tell you what, it was pretty goddamn good. We also had the PFL and their gluttony of championship fights along with some fights that were put in there in between them that we will talk about a little bit but let's get right to it gotta go with it gotta start off light heavyweight championship fight glover to share a guy you and i have both known for god knows forever getting it done becoming a world champion at the age of 42 how about that man that was awesome you and I both were talking off air before this, and we were saying how happy we were for him. He's one of those guys, when you see him, he's always smiling, he's always laughing. He's always got a great personality. Every time you talk to him, he's got something positive to say. And you saw it tonight in his post-fight interview as well. He talked about when people are telling you no or people are being negative, just push those people out. And that's because that's not the type of person he is. He's a person that is positive. You talk to him, he's positive. He says great things. He's always nice to people. I love seeing him at events. He's always respectful. He's just, he's got a lot of energy, man. He's, I'm so happy for him. You and I were saying the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I was actually watching it in the car on my phone as I was driving, which I'm not supposed to be doing, but I was doing it. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was really happy for him. Just look at this age, anything, and I feel this, anything you do after 37, 38, it's all bonus. Yep. You know, when you're competing at the level in which he's competing at, he's competing at the highest level. Highest level. And, and and I'm saying any sport, <clears throat> I think that he is, it's all bonus. This right here is one of the biggest bonus features that I think I've ever seen in my career, in my life, in terms of other people's fighting careers. And I'm happy for him. He's He deserves it. I mean, he's, he's fought his way back. He's revamped how he's trained. He's smarter about the way he approaches the game. He doesn't stand and bang when he doesn't need to, but God he mixes it up. God bless him that snatch single was <clears throat> was on point. He was he looked phenomenal tonight, and I'm glad for him. And we so we said this, John. We've said, and, and I'm not just saying us. I know a lot of people have said it as well. But the bottom line is, when he gets on top, like like Usman would say, Kamar Usman would say, I'm a fucking problem. I'm a problem <laughs> for people because when he gets on top of people, he's a fucking problem for people, and he showed it tonight. Oh, one one of the heaviest top games ever. <clears throat> I mean, the guy is so heavy on top. It's incredible. The pressure he can create. You saw. You saw that. And, and I thought it was good that Dan Cormier picked it up. You saw the panic in Jan Blahovitz at a certain When he was getting that can open and he wasn't opening his legs, it's like, open your legs, dummy. Relieve the pressure. What are you doing? But he's getting can open. You could see there was a. Um, and that just goes to show you the strength of Glover in the top position. And he is just, his hips are so heavy. Everyone that's ever old will tell you, look, man, when that guy's on top of you, he's 500 pounds. He is so heavy and knows where to put his body and everything. You know, that's, it's so important in the grappling arts when you're talking top level competition, because 
Look, Jan Blahovich is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but how many times do we talk about this, Josh? There's levels to this. And yes, you'll get a guy that's got a black belt, and he's good. He's good with his grappling. He's good with his jiu-jitsu. But it's not at the level of the guy that he's competing against. And you go, man, I'm just telling you, there's a difference in that level. There's a difference in if that fight hits the ground, what both guys are going to be able to do, there's just going to be a difference. One guy's just much more dangerous and has a pressure that can create situations that forces you into moving a certain way or giving something up that he's looking for, and that'll be the end of the fight. That's really what happened. But, man, I, I, I take nothing away from Jan. Jan's a tough dude. He came out, and it just wasn't there. And it's one of those nights, you know, again, we talk about this. Every time you step in there, it's just not your night. And there's times you have to work your way past that, and there's times that the champions do, and there's times when you just can't because the other guy's on point that night, and he just gets it done, and that's what happened. But God bless Glover Teixeira, I loved seeing him get that belt wrapped around his waist. You brought up something that I really wanted to talk about as well. In terms of not just levels to the jiu-jitsu game and the ground game, right? Just basic knowledge of open your legs on the can opener. I was thinking to myself, (laughs) what are you doing? You're holding yourself in this position. Yeah. Like post up on your elbows or your hands, scoot your hips back as you let go of your legs. Absolutely. He was so afraid of letting him passing the guard. And it showed because in the second round, once the fight hit the ground, he was able to pass the guard. The fight was over. And that was that way you could tell he was really focusing on keeping his guard closed because he wasn't as confident in his grappling as Glover is obviously from the top position. It just when you talk about levels. And I'll give it. I'll give it a, an example that just so happened to come up because we had talked about levels um in our midweek show. I was I consider myself to be pretty damn good. I've been a black belt for 10, 11 years now. I think yeah, eleven years, almost twelve. Anyways, I I was I said a memory video came up of me training with Hafa Mendez, and I and I recall training with him and just thinking to myself, I had never heard of him before. I met him in BJ and in, in in Hawaii and trained with him with BJ Penn. And we were out there helping BJ get ready for uh, one of his fights. And I'd never heard of him. I just knew he was good. I was like, oh, you're a good black belt. And we trained, and he just mopped. And there's video that I that I had seen posted for the Mendez Brothers Academy AOJ down in uh, Costa Mesa. And I was clicking. I clicked on it. Someone tagged me in it. And I was just getting mauled. <laughs> mauled. Worked. <laughs> just worked by this guy. And he's obviously just top of the food chain and a super nice guy. But like I said, like we're getting back to this, there's the levels, the certain levels, that simple level of just knowing, unlocking your legs, posting your hands, scooting your hips back, you know, potentially doing that and then rolling right to an arm bar because the position's there to to attack an arm bar from there when they're trying to can't open you, uh, can't open you. Those little tiny things. And I know it's harder for bigger guys to move, you know, especially with dealing with the strength. It just the the basic knowledge of just opening your legs to relieve that pressure a little bit. It wasn't there, and I don't know if it's just because <clears throat> it's been so many years since he's really attacked the 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 game of grappling and in terms of utilizing his grappling, you know, um, or if it just it just has been so long since he's done a lot of grappling. I mean, he's fallen in love. This is we've seen this in the past. All with the power. He's fallen in love with the Polish power. Yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. We all fell in love with the Polish power. <laughs> yeah, I know I fell in love with the Polish power. You know, I love watching him fight because he possesses that knockout power. Um, but then you get away from what what made you a really good fighter. 
sure, he got some knockouts and some wins, but being able to stuff people's takedowns, being able to take people down, be able to control top position, that makes you a better fighter. And that showed tonight with Glover. And the last thing I want to say is, I told you all, I told everybody, don't sleep on Glover's stand-up. Don't sleep on his stand-up because he keeps tight with his defense. His I, Now look, at 42 years old, it's hard to take big, clean shots. But he's worked around, he's worked his game around the fact that he doesn't take those hard, clean shots anymore. You know, he did get with some good shots tonight, but he delivered a couple good shots himself. Yep. But the threat of the takedown really minimized how much, how many hard shots he took because Jan was afraid to to, to, to pull throw the trigger, it, to overextend. knowing that he yep. could get taken down. Yeah, yep. to overextend and get taken down. He fought a textbook fight, um, and Jan just, he didn't, like, when you have someone that's just afraid of being taken down, and that, that sense of fearfulness, because if I end up on bottom, I can get my guard passed, and I can get submitted, like, the, what happened? That, that changes the way that anybody fights. I don't care. You could tell me all you want. It changes the way people fight. And I look at Khabib and I look at Connor in that situation. Connor fought, fights a certain way, but guess what? He got, he's the one that got dropped because he was so fearful of the takedowns. You see it all the time. Nothing was different in this title fight. Glover Teixeira fought a damn good fight. Congratulations. I'm happy for him, man. He's deserved it. All the Vista shit he went through from before, a lot of his prime years of him being an athlete and a fighter were wasted away waiting around for a Visa, right. you know, where he couldn't get in the UFC. I mean, I'm not saying he would have beat John Jones, but I'm saying that it would have been fun to see him at, at, at the younger stages of his career to fight the John Jones. So well, he did fight John Jones. Fight. He lost to him. So. <clears throat> no, I'm saying, but a younger. Yeah. He would have, you know, he waited years to get his visa. Sure. So if, we, if he would have came in earlier, was able he would have been earlier, before John Jones. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he, I, I wonder what that would have looked like. The, the young and up and coming John fighting the, the already, the man, you know, the full blown. Yeah. established Glover to share. So that would have made for a great fight. Yeah. Um, you've got to look at what the whole thing is though. John Hackleman being in his corner, light heavyweight champion with Chuck Liddell being his trainer. And you know, John for years was trying to tell people about Glover and how good he was and everything. And he finally gets a second championship light heavyweight belt with Glover. Now Chuck and then Glover. And so, Congratulations to John also because that I know that was a yeah. huge thing for him, a big moment. And uh all I can say is way to go, Glover, man. You may be proud, baby. That's that's huge for any coach just to get one. Yeah. This guy's got two. And don't get me wrong, there's other coaches that have more well, and all this other yeah. stuff, but let's that's not the point. The point is to even be in that list of, of coaches. You know, the list is there's not it's not a long list, no matter how long, you know, MMA's been around a while, but it's not a long list. No. So and then, but to have two, I want that list is even shorter, and have more than that. It's just like, oh shit, like, yep. you know, you, you're you're good, you're a really good coach. Yeah. So I'm um, good for him. I'm happy for him. People don't think think uh, about what, this. What, think about this. How long? I think I want to say, I think it was Robbie Lawler when he was actually with ATT, was their first UFC champion. All those years, think about all those fights, all those years, they didn't have. A UFC champion. Now they've got a no, ton. No, that, I, that can't I, be. I think it's true. Okay, go back and you go back and look. I think that Robbie might have been their first. If wow. he wasn't their first, he was their second. Crazy when you think about it. Wow. Think about all the people. No, oh no! Oh no! Never mind. I was thinking WC. I was thinking uh, Mike. No, Lyle. no, no, no. I said UFC. UFC. 
Yeah, yeah, UFC. Oh. So past title holders, you got, you know, now, and you, you can't really, like, Douglas Lima says that's ATT, but that's not ATT Coconut Creek. That's ATT Atlanta. So a little bit different, but take a look at all of them. Dustin Poirier was after. There's Robbie Lawler at 2014. 2015 for Joanna. Uh, Why is only half? Uh, Dave, how come, how come only half your screen's coming up on my share screen? Um, just yeah. that's all you need is that that bracket right there. Oh, there you oh go. you're going down on this side. Yeah. Okay, I was looking on the left side over here with the other ones. Okay, <clears throat> so take a look at that. Look at all those. Wow, I got oh, it right, dude. Interesting. Boom. Calm down. We're not done yet. Are no, we? no, we're done. <laughs> we are done, baby. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Pretty impressive. I mean, and so that's wow. you know, take a look at what. So a, Robbie was before Joanna. Yeah, Joanna got a Ioana? year a year oh, wow. after Robbie. Nah. So, but but I mean, think about how long ATT had been there. How many great fighters? Oh yeah. And the, and this is you know, and that's a great coaching staff there, and they're awesome guys. And look how long it took them to get that yeah. UFC champion. And then this is the second one for John in the same weight class. I just think it's kind of cool. I, I feel really good for him. Way yeah. to go, John Hackleman. You're a good man. That's pretty awesome. Considering like he, you know, he had his gym in slow. It's this little like hole in the wall spot. You know, um, he's grown that obviously during the Chuck era. They grew us pretty significantly. But to to be able to pluck from an area like slow, which is not a big area, no, you know, and get the type of talent. Even though they, you know, San Luis Obispo, they they have a decent wrestling team out of Cal Poly, but it's not a great wrestling team. It's decent, but it's not like. It's not Iowa. It's not Penn State. (laughs) No, you know what I mean. Like, and I'm not trying to knock. No, not at all. Truth. Yeah. And so, um, you know, but then those guys, a lot of the guys that he had came out of the, you know, that Cal Poly wrestling. And so they had, they had some good guys and no one was ever like Chuck. There was Chuck and then there was Glover and they had some other guys in there. You know what? And, uh, Antonio Banuelos. What's uh, Uncle Creepy? Yeah. Banuelos, Uncle Creepy. Uncle Creepy. Well, yeah. Uh, you, you know, they had, yeah, yeah, they had, they had a bunch of, yeah, Ian, uh, yeah, Ian. And then they had a bunch of other guys that came out of there for a short stint. Wasn't the Von Flew kid out of there? Yeah. Yeah, Jason Von yeah, Flew. Von Flew, yeah. Absolutely. Shit, we got a fucking submission named after Hello. that kid. Hello. Fucking the Von Flew choke. I know. Everyone wants yeah. to change right, it now. So, yeah. They don't like him. I'm happy for I'm happy for him. I like him. Don't change that damn nah, name. No, never. That's the name. I will I'm always call it the Von Flew because that's the guy that hit it first. The Von Flew. Yeah, I'm going to call that shit the Von Flew until I die. There you go. Um, right. I thought the fight that's... Go ahead. Go ahead. The fight I... that stole the show. The fight that stole the show. That's it. I agree. I think it was Corey Sanhagen and Peter Yan. How many times did he try to take him down? Three times. Bullshit. The whole fight. Bullshit. Liar. You're lying. Maybe four. Stop Stop lying. No, no. Maybe four. Stop lying. Maybe four times. Stop. Dave. Click and see. Dave, I want you to pull up the account of how many takedown attempts by Corey Sanhagen in the fight. There was only once again. There was only two or three. Josh the the Punk Thompson is lying. Is right. He cannot say when he was wrong. And he said he's not going to try to take him down. Bottom line is good game plan and great. Eighty percent of the fight, of course, eighty percent of the fight was on the feet. Did I not say that it was going to be? But he needed to go and try to make those takedowns. Come on, show me the the takedown. takedown. Oh, look, only one takedown. Yeah, one takedown. He got down. Said takedown attempts. You putts. Out of five, I said four. Out of five, five. You said three, then four. Yeah, right. Whatever. Look, I said did three it. in the first round. Smart. You were too busy yelling. You didn't hear Very what I said. Smart. I said game three in the first round by Corey Sanhagen. Great job of saying, you know what? 
This guy takes a big shot. I'm going to put volume on him. Mm. He put volume on him in the first round. It was beautiful what he was doing. But Peter Yawn always kind of takes his time in the beginning. Every fight I've ever watched him in, he comes out, he measures his guy, he sees what he's going to do, and then he starts turning it on. But what a beautiful exhibition. And the, and the real difference when people are watching this, here's your difference between a guy throwing with volume and every now and then, a la a Diaz brother, throwing some heat with it, but more just volume, just touch, 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 and just put shots on him and affect the guy in a negative way. And another guy, when he was throwing, almost every shot he was throwing had heat. And when some of them landed, they were there was, there was some power on him. Yeah. And God damn, you got to say, Corey Sanhagen can take a shot. He got hit with some blistering shots and just freaking yeah. shook it off. I mean, the one that he got hit with the double, with he was going down on the spinning back fist, and he got hit with another left. But look, that would have knocked anybody in the 135s down. And he got hit with a ton more in that fight where you look and you go, God damn, his fucking whiskers are standing strong because he got blasted. He just kept on coming. You know what was crazy, though, John, is I was thinking this in my head it, while they were fighting in the fifth round. Corey got hit with some huge shots in the fifth round and yep. didn't phase him. No. And, I'm, and, and, and I don't like to give DC a whole lot of credit. Yes, I do. I just want to poke some fun because I know he's going <laughs> to listen to us and people are going to make a big deal about it. Is that he said, hey, this just shows how great a shape that Corey Sanhagen he's, is. He was right. He's in. He's in phenomenal shape for someone who took a fight on short notice. But I watched the twenty the, the 24-7, whatever it is that they do for the fighters, right? I don't know what it's called now. It's been called a bunch of different things. Yeah. But, you know, they did the lead up to the fight. And he said, he's like, I kind of knew that Sterling was going to pull out. He's like, I've been training. Oh, dude, he did. And it was, I was like, okay, that's a smart man right there. That was smart. Yeah. Smart, smart. And I, I'm glad. I mean, if he knew, I wonder if he had already knew, since he knew that he was probably going to pull out and he knew that he was training, he probably planted the seed of the UFC before he started his camp saying, hey, I will make sure that I am ready for this fight if he pulls out. And so then they there was no there was yeah. no other choice for no it was easy for, for them, them to go. go like they went right to him yeah, yeah. I'm sure he, it I, ended up he being, texted Sean Shelby said hey just so you know if Sterling pulls out I want that spot I'll be ready yeah if you're, if you're Sean, yeah, if you're Sean Shelby you're sitting there going thank you very much you just did my job yeah yep exactly it made it easy for them I mean because I mean, yes. the TJ fight was so damn close yeah absolutely the TJ fight was so close. And and here's the thing is I saw so many people on Twitter and I saw so many I know they're Twitter trolls I get it and it's not real life but I saw people in comment sections as well talking about oh well Corey Corey barely got through TJ TJ had a huge gash on his forehead and then also had the torn knee and he barely got through him D different fighters man different yeah. styles different fighters Completely. different the other thing too is that no one really knew what TJ was coming back. They didn't know if TJ was going to be the same guy. They didn't know what his timing was going to be. Yep. And no one's had to face someone that switches stances like that in a long time. Dom's not as active as he used to be. Dom's not the fighter that he used to be either. TJ coming back after a long layoff. TJ possesses a little bit more power than Dom does. So like, if you're taking the style of how they fight, it's not the same. So if you're trying to mimic that, we've seen it before. It's so hard to find someone in training to do what TJ and, and Dom do. And so since TJ was not available for the last two years, they didn't know how he was going to come out and how he was going to train, how he was going to act when he got in that cage. He could have been a totally different person. For, for Corey Sanhagen to go out there and have a good performance, I thought he had a really good performance. 
in that fight against TJ. He did. I thought that, he won. That right. Th- yeah. <clears throat> that I felt like that fight was so close. That's really what got him into this conversation of when Sterling pulled out. But let me ask you a perfect. question here. I don't, if you for that for that troll person that you're talking about, who put that gash? There's more than one. Who put that gash in TJ's head? Who tore his knee? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like oh, you know, <laughs> TJ fell down on his own. There was someone that did that. Both of them. Okay. One was based on a heel hook, and one was based on a beautiful knee. So, what are you talking about? That's part of the fight game. TJ was able yeah. to make his way through it, which shows you know what kind of balls he has. But come on, that was Corey Sandhagen fought a beautiful fight. That and, and I, I looked at it going into it and saying, man, if you're going to talk about a guy getting a shot at a title off of a loss, this is the guy that deserves it. I agree. I agree with you 100. percent yeah, I think I think look, both of them need to hang their head. I mean, I know Peter he won the fight, so he's the interim champ and he's gonna, you know, basically wait for Sterling to come back and probably he'll probably have to defend his title before Sterling fights. <laughs> I really believe it. Just my personal opinion. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'm just being negative Nancy. <clears throat> I just I've seen Go back and watch I've seen that people fight. that don't Go back and watch that. I, I, I went back and watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went back and watched Al Jermaine and Peter. You got to go back and watch it because it, I gave Aljamain the first round, second round. Yeah, but he did. That was very clear. He did pretty well, but he didn't win it. Mm-hmm. And from that mm-hmm. point on, it was the Peter Yan show, and it was only getting worse. It was nasty at a certain point where it was like, "Oh my god!" And you know, if John, I, it was a repeat of what we saw tonight. Corey Sanhagen won the first round. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, it was Peter, 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 Peter. Yeah, so it had Peter, Peter, Peter. And then, I mean, the fifth round, it was. Kind of, I felt like the fifth was kind of a toss. No. But I felt like Peter was Peter was also just kind of. Landed the heavier shots. Out. He wasn't, you know. And so it was It was a close fight. It, was a, it a wasn't fight. a close fight tonight. It was a good But fight. it was a good fight. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. When you have someone like Corey Sanhagen, right? And I, look, I'm not trying to take anything away from, from Jan. Jan. Peter Jan fought a great fight. Yeah. He, I just, I don't, I feel like we're talking a lot about Corey Sanhagen and he's the one that lost. I just, I don't even know what to say about Peter Yawn. He's, he should still be the champion. He is. I feel like he, everyone knows how damn, excuse me, everyone knows how damn good he is. He's phenomenal. He's got great boxing, good takedown defense. He shot in a deep double leg that Corey was able to defend. I tip my hat to Corey because he stuffed the takedown. I think in the fourth round it was just beautiful. Like defense, but then every time they came out of the exchange, Peter Yawn didn't stop, and I, that's one of the biggest things with, with Paul Felder that I loved hearing was that he's like every time Look they at came him. out On of the a exit. break, boom, Peter Yawn threw something heavy and hard, yep. and it, it, even if it didn't land, it made him respect Peter. I made Corey Sanhagen respect Peter Yawn out of every break. Yep, and those are those are difficult those are difficult fighters to deal with, but even at the very end of the fight. Both of them were in such phenomenal shape. They were throwing some heavy, heavy And they leather. didn't stop. Like as if it was still the first round. And they didn't stop. As if it was like still the first it. round. And it was great. It went to the, it went like two more punches past the bell. Yep. I mean, I love that type of shit. These yep. guys, it was a, I thought, look, I thought the fight was, I thought the fight stole the show. To me, it was the fight that, that was really good. It stole the show. Um, I didn't see another fight on this. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were a little, like some no, of were good fights, but they were one-sided. But that fight to me was the best fight. Oh, and then the uh, the Zubaya one. fight was good as well. The Zuba fight was really Zuba good. fight was good, but we'll Ramos, talk about that. In a second. We'll talk about that. Yeah, in a yeah, we will. 
All right, Islam Makhachev. Hey, well, I want to talk about it now, John. I want to no, talk about it now. Absolutely Dave. not. Will <laughs> okay, not do go. it. You cannot do it. That thing is so far <laughs> down the list. About... It's incredible. Let's talk about somebody <laughs> else from Dagestan. Someone that's all right. Looking pretty goddamn good right now. Like, and this is where when you, I don't want to say it, but I told you so. We had well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because all right we've got podcast dave and we have gian who takes over for podcast dave oh, when geez. podcast dave is having babies and things like that and gian he, he texts us <laughs> on the news thing and he says he goes i'm really you know i'm really th- you know hoping that dan hooker does it. i think you can do good here and i'm like not gonna happen dude yeah. dude he'll win one out of a hundred and and he proved exactly why he's got that chance of landing that one shot that can hurt somebody and anybody can be hurt but you look at what Islam, with just the way he did it, the way that he you know, came in, he shot the left hand beautifully, dropped the levels, drove into him, and you saw right away, Hooker did the right thing in trying to get himself back to the cage and get himself in that position. You saw it right away. Takes away the arm, takes away the legs, everything. It was just one motion after the next that set up, oh, now Islam is in a good position on the ground, and now he's in a dominant position. And it took how long? And that's just because there's just, again, a giant gap between the ground, the wrestling level and the ground game of Islam versus Dan. And it's nothing you know to say bad about Dan. It's just Islam has that level of wrestling and ground control where guys that are good, can't do the things that normally work for them against everybody else. It doesn't all those things that I practice in training against those guys that worked now is not working. And that's when you start drowning. And that's exactly what happened here. You know, I, I I couldn't see if it was a scream. I couldn't see if it was a verbal tap when Dan Movahedi stopped the fight, but that arm, you know, it was definitely in danger as far as the shoulder it's usually the humerus that it gets a spiral fracture from it. That as soon as Islam stepped over the head, you went, oh, he's done. There's no way. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to survive this. Because even if he was able to roll through it, Islam's going to be able to keep that hook on the head. He's going to be able to keep the Kimura, and it's just going to get tighter and tighter, and that arm's going to get cranked more and more. But just to, look, this is the evolution of a guy who is now taking on some of the best people in his weight class and – just running through him because he just ran through a really good fighter in Dan Hooker. Yeah. What people are going to really start to understand here shortly that I've known for the longest time is he's really good. Okay. <laughs> and then not hey, only well, is stop, he really stop. good. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you yeah. say, do you think he's really good? He's really good. <laughs> Like people are used to the Khabib situation, and I'm telling you, they are so different, but they are very similar. But you're gonna see this. This is the Islam you're gonna see, and he's only gonna get better. And the only reason why he's gonna get better, it's not because he's not gonna get. He's not because he's gonna get better with this technique and his his wrestling and his grappling and his boxing and kickboxing. Confidence. That's already really good. Confidence. He's gonna get better with his confidence. That's the one thing that he just has lacked, and as I wouldn't say he's lacked it, he just need to believe in himself a little bit more. I see it in the gym. I see it. I see it in fights. He, he just lacked it a tiny bit. He doesn't need to lack it. He's one of the best fighters I've ever been around in my whole life, my whole life. And how many damn people have I been around in terms of fight careers? 
BJ, Frank Shamrock, Brian Johnson. I mean, like, I mean, all top, top guys in the, around. And I mean, they've got Kane, DC, Rockhold. I go through the list with Khabib, like all these guys. He is one of those, he's one of those Mount Rushmore, those top five, you know, that I've ever been around. He's that damn good. He just lacks, if he had, if he had the Frank Shamrock confidence, that guy could believe, he believed, he could believe, he believed he beat everybody five, six guys at a time, five guys, six guys at a time. Islam just needs to believe. And once he starts believing, and we saw a little bit of that tonight, once that fight hit the ground, Oh, he knew there was not there was in his mind. There was no way that he was stopping him. Yeah. There was no way that Dan Hooker was stopping him. He had latched on and figure forward the legs, got to that top position, squeezed his knees together. And it was like got right to the mount, stepped but, off, got to the queue. I was like, holy shit. But this is he why just this is why other guys don't want to fight step him. Picked him apart. It's why no, other guys don't want to fight, fight him. him. I'm telling you right now, I don't think there's a guy. The only guy that's going to give him a little bit of threat. And, and that's only because he, and I'm always saying this because he is so damn good on the ground is Charles Oliveira. And I love Dustin Poirier, but stylistically, he does not match up well. What you saw when you saw Khabib and Dustin fight is what you're going to see with uh, Islam and, and Dustin again. And you're not going to see it in terms of the control that Khabib had. You're going to see a finish. You're going to see in terms of the submission. Like I know you saw with the, the Khabib situation, but it's going to be more of a dominant transitional like never he, he's gonna move he won't just control the mount wait to get to the back and and dominate with strength and positioning islam will get you to where he wants you he'll go kimura he'll go armbar he'll go he'll hit the twister on you i mean the kid is phenomenal on the ground submission attacks he's got him coming out of his ass okay and no one people haven't seen how good how many attacks that he has and i know he's gotten better since the last time i trained with him but I mean, he is just, and when you, you text me throughout the fight, you're like, he is so damn big. Yeah. I said, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, yeah, he is. Like when you for see him, he's got to be six foot. For 155? He's got to be six foot. Yeah. Oh, he is because yeah. Dan he's Hooker's be six, six two and he was right close six to one, Dan yeah, Hooker. Six foot, six one, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he, and, and if, you'll hear guys like Duran win. He says 5'10". There's no way he's 5'10". I'm 5'10". He's yeah. no way he's 5'10". Duran, Duran wins 5'10", like Dan Cormier is 5'11". No, no. Uh, Islam, he, Dave pulled oh. up. He's, he's, he, Islam's 6'5". Oh, I'd say 5'11 and three quarters are like close to 6'. He's not 5'10", you guys. I, I don't want you guys to see that. But Dan Hooker is what, what, how uh, tall is Dan Hooker? I think 6'1", 6'2". I think he's 6'1". I think. Anyways, but the physical tall. strength. Guys like... Six foot six guys foot. like Duran win, guys like Duran win, guys. Other guys that I've shown up. Another kid that I, I'm very a big fan of is uh, Philip Pomoski. He's a Swiss kid, good jujitsu kid. He's like, man, I he when he rolled with with uh, Islam, he's like, man, he's like these guys are just technically they're sound, but they're not jujitsu guys. He's like, so what I think is going to work against them doesn't work. So their physical strength, along with their <clears throat> their physical strength. Along with the, their style of technique that stuffs all the shit that we do, he's like, it's hard to deal with. Yeah, what's, you know, and what, Philip is phenomenal. What's going to be the difference maker? And, and, and it's, it's part of that confidence thing is that if you go and you watched when Khabib was fighting, especially usually not right off the start, but a couple minutes into the fight, he was marching his opponent down, walking through things, almost sometimes, you know, going too fast towards him, you would think. 
And Islam has got, he's starting to get almost that same effect because guys are worried about the takedown with him, so they're already circling out and circling away. And he's going to start doing the same things. And as soon as he's got that confidence that he can do those things, like Khabib did, look out. He's going to be taking guys down and smashing them or submitting them in the same fashion. Right now, you, there's two guys I look at. I do look at the Dustin Poirier can present a problem, and the and one of the reasons yeah. that Dustin Poirier can present a problem is he fought Khabib. He he's been there. He's got an idea. Now they're different, but they're the same too. So there is that thing that at least he's been in there and he's felt it. He understands it. He knows, and that can be something that helps him out in that match if he ends up in a match with Islam. And then the other guy, I agree. Look at. Oliveira is, he's the champ. you got to give him his due, and he is deadly in the submission game. And if you make a mistake, he's going to catch you. And he's very good at creating the scramble that gives him the submission. And Mm -hmm. if Islam makes a mistake, he can get caught just like, you know, I'm being honest, Islam could catch Charles Oliveira if Charles, you know, does something that makes a mistake that puts him in that position. But, you know, right now, well, you know, and, and, and I want to say this, Dan Cormier said something, and I know some people took offense to it, but, you know, when he's sitting there saying, you know, you know, do, do you deserve a title shot? Damn straight he does. Now, Chandler and Gaethje, yeah, that could be for, the, you know, the winner gets the title shot first, possibly. But I'll tell you what, I would rather watch, if, if Michael Chandler beats Justin Gaethje, I would rather see Islam Makachev against Charles Oliveira than I would Michael Chandler in a rematch right now. Well, I want to see I want to see Islam against the winner of of Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. Yeah, that's good. That's that's what I want. Yeah, so whoever wins that fight. But to go back on what you were talking about with Charles Oliveira posing a threat, I want people to understand with Islam, and it could go either way. I I I also want to point out Charles Oliveira would have had a, an easier chance of submitting Khabib than he will against Islam because it don't get me wrong. Like in grappling with both of them, Khabib was very good at what he did. And it's obviously it showed he's the most dominant champion I think ever in the face of the earth, but he was somebody that was susceptible to, to the, the Darces, the guillotines, the, the positioning of which he had, don't get me wrong. He got out of a lot of them, but you go back and watch the Dustin Poirier fight. He was in a deep arm and guillotine against oh. Dustin guys like Charles, Charles Oliveira, Maybe don't have the strength to finish that, but maybe they do. And his skinnier forearms and his yeah, that blade of that bone hits just a little bit different, a little more pressure. It, exactly. So that right there to me, whereas <clears throat> Islam, he understands the full realm. And don't get me wrong, Khabib does too. Islam understands the full realm of of the submission game, and he will attack it at any point, any time, and he defends it better than anybody that I've been around in terms of from the Dagestan guys that I've trained with. He is phenomenal in jiu-jitsu, and I've said this forever. You guys, off of their back, they're just as good. So if he was to lose a takedown, his sweeps to get on top, they're damn good. They're hard to hold down. You can't hold them down. That's what they've been doing their whole life. And so when you're when we're comparing, oh, Charles is going to have a better chance. When I say that, I mean like I'm just letting you guys know, Charles would have had an easier chance with Khabib, and that lets you know how good Islam is. An easier chance to like get the submission, I should say, not an yeah, easier chance to beat him. Submission. An easier chance to potentially catch him in the submission. He's not going to have as easy a chance doing that against Islam. Islam is that damn good on the ground. 
right, Sorry, moving guys. on. Bear, bear with, bear with my my. <laughs> I'm 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 battling a little bit of a cold. I'm here. a little sick. So bear, yeah, bear with my uh, raspy voice and some coughing here and there. Look, Alexander Volkov against Tybura. You know, a, a good fight, heavyweight fight. Tybura just could not get in close enough at times. Couldn't get his hands. He would go for the takedown. He never got really close for that takedown. I thought Volkov. Volkov's just a strange guy as far as the way he fights at times, and it's I'm not sure if he it's that he gets tired, or but he you know he he starts to slow down and he slows down his production a lot, and he'll shoot just once. He'll he'll shoot a one you know he'll shoot a left hand, he'll shoot a straight right hand, but he will not he'll cut off the combinations and he'll cut off the kicks. He really starts to limit himself, and it's usually when I think ah, he's getting tired. But Tybura was not able to take advantage of it. You know, it was, it was it was a clean fight. I thought you know Volkov definitely won it, but it was probably if you're looking at the least exciting one on the main card, that probably would have been it. But that happens with heavyweights at times. Yeah, it does. Um, you you should expect that from heavyweights. Just to be hey. the newer generation, the newer generation. I know you're a heavy. You're actually a super heavyweight. Thank you very much. But uh, the newer generation, the newer generation of heavyweights, though, are are not so much that way. Yeah. You know, you've got the Cyril Gaon, you got the Moldovsky, you've got, you know, Minikov, you've got guys that are, you know, um, that are, <clears throat> you know, uh, Francis Ngannou. Stipe was one of those guys that had conditioning, pushing hard in the third, fourth round, fifth round. Those are those guys, those yeah. style of guys. Cain Velasquez, that newer generation of heavyweights are starting to come along and they're really paving the way for more exa- more action-packed fights in the third, fourth, and fifth, ground, fifth rounds. And they're not the type of fighters that are just... Okay, I have one, two rounds. Let me just ink out the next three if I can without getting hit with a clean shot. So, um, but overall, the what to touch on what you said with uh, Volkov. Volkov, what it is, I do think he starts to get tired, but I also think that he falls a little bit into that John Jones situation where he's so much longer than almost everyone, and all I got to do is just touch you. And knowing that the heavier guy, that the other not heavier guy, but the heavyweight, the other heavyweight he's fighting, doesn't have the ability to get in on there fast enough to him because they're just as tired and so he's just going to keep doing that just touching you one shot here one shot there um you know but that's that's the style in which he's going to fight he uses that push kick like a jab which is beautiful i love it he does a great job with it right up the middle yeah yeah that was one of my favorite kicks throughout my career is because i was a little bit longer than a lot of other people so I'd throw that push kick up the middle because my jab sucked but he's got a good jab (laughs) so he uses his push kick and his jab you know, I look back at my career and I think, man, I could have had a good jab. Just so he just sucked at it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but he's got both of them, man. He's got the push kick to the to the belly, the little toe kick to the body. That's nasty and it hurts yeah. really bad, especially when it clean, lands clean. That jab is sharp. Look, he did what he had to do to get the win. And, it. you know, hey, tip my Yeah. Next one. Wow. Hey. We got the man, the guy that everyone's going to talk about. Kamzat Shemaev taking on. Jing Liang Li or Li Jing Liang. I, I, it was for, again, Jian, you know, he's, oh, you know, I, I think this is going to be a good fight. I go, nope, not going to be close. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, it's, it, you got to take a look and you say, look at Chimaev, his, his wrestling is outstanding. I mean, he changes levels so well. You watch him turn a corner on the, the takedowns at the time. You go, God damn, that was nice. Just the way he does things. And you look, you say, look, he's better in the wrestling, he's better in the submission game, and he's better in the stand-up. No, this is not going to be a, what what Lee has going for him. And I said it, you know, 
Because you got to say, look, he's tough. But toughness only gets yeah. you so far. And when you're facing a guy that's got great technique and great skills and he's tough too, not a good place to be. And and you know, Shemayev showed right away. It was a beautiful takedown. You know, moved him where he wanted to get, you know, went for the choke and then put him unconscious. Again, Lee being as tough as he is, doesn't tap. He goes unconscious. But Shemayev's going to be a problem for everybody in the welterweight yeah. division. I don't care who you are right now. You can go into the top 10. You can go into anybody in the top five. He's a problem for everyone based upon his skill set and the way he applies it. You know, look out. It's coming. And he's telling you it's pull, coming. Pull up the welterweights, Dave, can you please? <clears throat> he's going to. Okay, so I think he'll have a little bit of a problem with um with uh Gilbert Burns. <clears throat> We're going to see. Feet on the feet. I think I think he's got better stand up than Gilbert. He's like Gilbert He can does. Be. He's way longer. I'm not saying yeah, yep. power wise I think they're close. I think they both have power. Mm-hmm. But and he's way longer and Gilbert's going to have to be reaching to get to him and Gilbert is not going to be able to just take him down. He's going to have to hit him with a shot yeah. that hurts him. How about someone like uh, a Stephen Thompson or a Kiesa? They give him any problems? You think? I don't. I'm just being honest. I, I, you know, I think Stephen Thompson gives everyone a little bit of problems based upon he's different than everyone else, and, mm-hmm. and it could be that you know he could keep Shemaya from you know taking him down right away. But <clears throat> Shemaya's going to get that takedown. He's going to get it yeah. because he's fast. You know, the speed changes the equation in everything. And when you see a guy that can change levels quickly and get into someone as their hands are coming up to block a, a punch and all of a sudden, oops, and their their hands miss. They can't get the, those hooks in to try to lift that you know, thing down. Now they're trying to come into the secondary way of defending. I'm going to sprawl. It's too late. He's already got your hips. Yeah. Uh, it's just right now at his age with where he's at, and the skill set that he possesses, he's good. He's yeah, but if you good. look at guys like guys that are below uh, Jing Liang Li, yeah. is I mean, like Sean Brady. Sean Brady's a fucking problem for a lot of those guys. He's a beast. Too. He's a beast. He's a stud. But and Sean so Brady, think, like, if you mm-hmm. a little shorter, a little squattier. Yep, he's got good. He's got good wrestling. He's got great jujitsu. He's got good stand up and power, but lengthwise. He's going to have a problem getting in on someone like Chimaev. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going through there. Neil Magny always poses a threat for a lot of people because oh, yeah. he is tall, long, and lanky. You know, he's got that style. You know, um, you know Mazadal is hard to take lo- down. He's got lo- good boxing. Absolutely. Good boxing, and Vicente, but- Vicente Luque is hard to take down. I love his stand-up. Yeah. But he doesn't possess the complete, that wrestling ability that I'm mm-hmm. seeing out of Chimaev. What about the it. speed of someone like Leon Edwards? That's a question mark. I don't know. But after watching what Leon had happen with Nate Diaz, not being able to get rid of yeah. Nate in that, come on, you got to be honest. Yeah. Those, those well, are the. Here's the thing: is but it, when you look at the Nate Diaz fight, right? Is it like okay, look, I'm pointing this guy up. Why okay. take any chances? I think Are it you is. Look at it all like that. Uh, yeah, I do. Like, I actually, is, I, I look at it a lot okay. like that. It's like, why am I going to take the chance? This is why you have to take the chance in that situation. You got to put the fear of God in this guy uh, before he steps in there, even though he's going to say, dude, you're nothing to me. I'm going to walk through you, all this stuff. 
in the back of his head. It's there. I watched what you did. I know. Yeah. But now, I got you. There's not going to be that fear of God, and he's going to know. Ah, you try to play it safe. Yeah, you've got this. You you move well here. You've got a great jab. I see how you set up your combinations, but mm-hmm. I can take you down. I believe. And once I do, does he stay? Does he stay at seventy? I think he does. I th- I think he should. I don't think. I think he should. Yeah. Yeah, I think no matter what, he has a hard time with Colby Covington and uh, what's his name, Usman. We'll see. Covington, Covington may just press the pace. I don't. I look. I haven't seen him go very long. I yeah. haven't seen him do three <laughs> rounds yet. So I, I don't. I can't tell you how he'll do against somebody in a barn burner of a five round fight. Oh no, so. we'll find out somewhere along the way. <clears throat> Sorry guys. Uh, what other fight? Ankalaev oh. and Ozdemir. Yeah, just you look at just a difference in skill level. Let's be honest. You know, speed also. You know, Ankalaev has got very t- technically good stand up game. You know, sharp combinations. He's got good quick kicks. And, you know, Ozdemir's got power still. He, he was just, speed was causing him a problem that he started getting hit with big shots. When he when he got dropped the one time, that got his attention to the point of, I don't want to take risk. I don't want to make a mistake here. And instead of fighting to win the fight, he was fighting to survive in the fight. And that was, yep. that was really the difference. But, you know, that's the one where I look at Uncle Iev and I say, that's the fight. You've got to press. I know why you're not, but I want to see you press and finish that guy to show me that, yep, you're the guy making that step towards title contention. Just like we talked about with Leon and Nate Diaz. Yep. That type of situation. Exactly you know, same that's thing. what the UFC was looking for. They want to see you get that person out of there. But as, a, as an athlete, <clears throat> I don't get paid more for the finish. So mm-hmm. why? Well, it's not you that know, you get paid. I, you're I get right. Paid to, I get paid to ink it out. You're right. <laughs> you don't get you don't same. get paid more, but it could be the difference of you making more in Later your next on. fight and down the road. So yep. every everything I plays agree. out. Look, oh, I thought Osamir looked really good up until he got dropped. And yeah. once he got dropped, I felt like he just retreated into his turtle shell and he's just like, Okay, look, let's just survive. And that's not the like he I, I had him winning the fight up until like what two and a half three minutes when he got dropped. Then after that, because he looked clean. No, he was doing he okay. Looked clean, like he was landing some good stuff, and he was putting together his combinations. But after he got dropped, he looked like he slowed down a lot. He was using that, that leg that kick well. A lot of that comes from the hesitation to throw, because after you've been dropped, you hesitate every time to throw, or you're waiting for them to throw first and trying to counter, and by then it's gone. So he looked clean. The first two and a half, you know, however long until he got dropped, he looked clean in that first round. And after that, it was all downhill. Yep. Oh, are you okay? Next. You going to make it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get a bunch of sleep. We had to do the COVID test early. It's early for me, not for you. <laughs> but I didn't sleep very well either because I was coughing all night. So. Yeah. We had Amanda Hibas against Verna and Roba. It was a good fight. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought, you know, the first round obviously went to Verna, but you know, Amanda Hebas really showed composure. You know, she got herself off the deck, gets up in the second round, and then really went after, put pressure on her, did a great job of cutting her off, making forcing her into angles, opening up with a variety of attacks, and doing a beautiful job of hiding her kicks behind her hands. We talk about it all the time. Damn it. Don't just throw that kick out there, raw dog. Someone's going to see it. If I throw good shots in combinations and make someone have to defend them, they can't 
in turn defend that kick, and she did that beautifully throughout the second and third round. Okay, so okay, so I was I don't know what happened for some reason I missed the first round, and obviously when I heard the judges doing the scorecard, uh, Verna had won the first. Can you talk yeah. me through what happened in the first? I saw the second and third round. Yeah, first, I didn't see the first round. First round was you know pretty basic as far as you know they started off and you know Ebus was trying to control the stand up. She ended up getting taken down, and when she got taken down, ends up you know she does a couple of things. There was there was one part in the in the beginning. I will give. Verna is good on the grass. She did a beautiful job of Amanda had had a knee inside, framed inside. It was very, you know, kind of hard to see from the camera angle that she did, but I'm like, yeah, that's stopping her from being able to do it. And she takes and presses in and crushes that leg inside and forces the leg up and then just pushes it off for the pass of it. But he must was able to get back to a full guard. But I was like, God damn, that was sweet. Really well done. <clears throat> Just beautiful to watch as far as the technique of Verna in that. But from that point, after the, you know, she she had some good ground and pound, mostly from guard and stuff, and she, you know, landed some shots. He must landed some things. She wins the round. But from that point on, it was yeah. all Amanda Hebos. She really fought it. That's a, what I saw. Smart fight. I saw the second, third round, just her, just pot shot and pot shot and landed some clean shots, stuffing the takedowns, never really getting taken down, just kind of like fighting the hands, doing a good job. So then after that, Verna just wasn't able to get in deep enough and get the fight to the ground. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, it's your time to talk. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Zuba. <laughs> Zuba, my man. Good stuff, man. I was it was I was happy to see him in the third round, still have the energy. Scared me. I think it was the end of the first. He got hit with that spinning back elbow. Yep. He was dominating the first round. He was having he's having his way. He just kind of got a little over overzealous, just stepped in, <clears throat> hands down on the right side, and just hit with that spinning back elbow. Didn't drop him, but did wobble him. He circled and stayed away for the you know a good 30 seconds after that, was able to get his wits back on him. Yeah. What I didn't like, though, was in the very first part when he was dominating, he had rocked, they, they kept saying Hamos. It is Hamos. They had, they had, yeah, so he had, they, he had rocked Hamos a couple times. And I wanted him to throw oh, a he couple did. more. He was just throwing one. Then he threw like two more. and then But it was like... Throw a, throw a three and four punch combination. It was always just one and two, one and two, and I was like, or two and three, whatever it was. Yeah. But he never really threw more than three punches or two punches. It was just, you know, it was he was mixing up the combinations well, left hook, right hand, but he wasn't um he wasn't throwing more than that. But the, I think he could have got him out of there in that first three minutes of that first round. He had to be careful. I got it, but he is also somebody that I think in the back of his head, he's always remembering he gets tired. He gets tired. So if I don't get this kid out of here, he's gonna still be here, and I'm gonna be tired. He's like, and that doesn't go doesn't go well for him. Yeah. So I think that was in the back of his head, just staying composed, touching him, touching him. But overall, I thought he fought a great damn fight. Well, I will give him he fought a good fight, and and this is where I say, not great. He is too boxing centric. Mm. He doesn't throw any kicks at all. And he's got good kicks, John. I'm not saying he's got he good kicks. Okay, okay. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying that you're saying that. I'm just letting you know, but John. He's got good kicks, John. I, I believe you. I'm letting you know. He doesn't use them. And so he is so boxing centered. Look, I can understand. He has a beautiful, his jab was working beautifully, and his straight shot off of it was hard and crisp, and it looked good. And he was lighting up. You could see it was the, yeah, it would have been from the right hand. So it's the left side of Hamos' face was starting to get just meat ground from 
that straight right he was throwing. It was landing, and it was landing with power. But he, this is the kind of thing you're looking at. You're saying he needs more combinations. You're absolutely right. But a, that just that one, two, and then the kick, mm-hmm. he's going to be lighting him up and making his life easier as the fight is going down. Because you're right, he was he was just dominating the fight in the beginning until Hamos landed that spinning back fist elbow kind of hit with the forearm. That hurt him a little bit. He landed it again later on in the fight, but it wasn't as good. But he kept trying to go back to it. And you could see, and you know, I think DC and Felder both said it, and they were right. You could see him trying to set it up. You could see his foot placement where he was trying to spin. And I thought Zuba, after the second one, got smart and said, okay, I'm not going to let that happen anymore. And and was watching it and not giving it. Every time he would start to kind of step up to do it, Zuba would step out and take it away. And he was like, Ugh. And he got you know into that. He was looking for it. And Zuba was taking it away. But Zuba looked good, and he definitely deserved the win in that fight. Uh, but he does need to open up with a greater variety of attack. He's limiting himself in his attacks based upon there's so many other things that you can go with, but you're you're becoming very just boxing-centric, so the guy only has to worry about your hands. Yeah, they kind of yeah. worry a little bit about your grappling, but they know that you don't like to wrestle as much as other guys from Dagestan, you like the stand-up. You're kind of like Uzman or Magomedov. So let's let's open it up a little bit. Make them have to deal with more. That makes you more dangerous, and that makes them have to think about things. Even if it doesn't work for them, even if it doesn't land clean, they got to think about it instead of not having to worry about it at all. Yeah, what the? <clears throat> I think the, the reason why he doesn't wrestle as much or he doesn't throw as many kicks is what do those things do the most? Tired. They make you tired. So I think what they've done is they've pulled him back and they've started to revamp how his fighting style will be. Before he used to throw kicks, before he used to wrestle the shit out of you. He's like almost like that. He was that younger version or he's that current version right now of Deron Wynn. Someone who wrestles so much, he makes himself tired and all he does is throw big shots. If he starts mixing it up, just touch, 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 and then mixing up the stand up with the wrestling, everything comes a lot easier versus throwing one big haymaker and then trying to shoot a double leg off of it. Using everything as power. So he they I think they've pulled him back. They've revamped him a little bit. They've got his conditioning on point, And they've taken away the things that are making him that make him really tired. So now, now he's got a win under his new conditioning program with with Hov and Khabib running it the way that they run it. Wasn't that his second one with he's that? He's gotten better. I think it's his second one, yeah. I believe. <clears throat> I believe so. But I mean, he's he's now on track. You know, that first one's always a rough one. You know, it's like you're you're trying to recreate yourself. You're trying to make yourself a different fighter, not so much a different fighter, but you're trying to utilize the tools in which you aren't. You're used to just throwing everything out there. I look at Alejandro Lara, same shit. They just try to fight, however, because that's what they they grew up fighting. So they just throw it all out there. Same thing with Z- like Zuba. I feel the same thing. They just they throw everything out there. They're just used to just fighting the way that they fight, with no real direction. And that can get careless. And when you get careless like that, you start getting more tired. You start wasting energy in areas you shouldn't be wasting energy. And that's a big part of where Zuba was was having a problem in his previous fights. Is that he was wasting energy in areas that he shouldn't have been wasting energy in. And so I think now where he's at in terms of sticking the jab, landing that, that short little hook, straight punches, utilizing the wrestling to... Get a breather, press him to the fence, get the takedown. I like that little back step he did. It was beautiful. Yep. He was just stepping on the inside of the leg and then bumping it out and sitting him to the butt. That was nice work. It looked so seamless and easy. And I was like, damn, wow. 
Where was that shit when I was trying to fucking wrestle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always I look at this younger breed of of fighters. And I'm like, damn, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> I'm like, where were all where were all these tools? Uh, I might have never learned all these tools when I was all, fighting. There, oh, you, there was a whole lot of different. There was I saw an Iranian lift. I saw all kinds of different things in there. There was a lot Crazy. of good things going on throughout the entire card. So the wrestling wise, people are definitely bringing in a lot of different yeah. techniques that they're using and using well in the fight. So it's it's impressive. Yeah. All right, so full disclosure, though, that was the last fight that I was able to... That was the first fight I was able to watch, but I didn't get to watch any of the other ones before. Oh, my God. All right. I wanted wanted to watch Tiger fight, which I don't know how you say his first name, but he trains at AKA as well. He's with uh, Khabib's team, Javier's, our team AKA. So I wanted... He was the very first fight of the night. I missed that fight, and I missed all the way up to to Zuba's fight. Sorry, John's going about to go crazy anyway, so... <laughs> oh yeah, well, we're gonna have to, you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass over the Duryev versus Kapila fight, which not nice win by Duryev, you know, pretty basic. He won every round, so we'll just go with that. But the fight that we got to talk about is the one that, uh, man, this thing went so long, and DC and Felder were screaming for it to stop. They were right. Well, ho, ho, ho to all the gentlemen out there. The holidays came early at Manscaped. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all-new Ultra Premium Body Wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone else who might need it, because there are smelly people out there, and you will know them, the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Speaking of balls, Josh, listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. Thank God no one needs that. It's possible for you to have Santa's beard. You know, it's actually bad to have Santa's beard in your pants. You don't want a big old giant bush. That's disgusting, and it'll make you look small. So check out the Manscaped Performance Package of 4.0. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you're going to find a signature lawnmower, the 4.0. It is powerful. It cuts everything. It's fantastic. This electric trimmer has proprietary, advanced, skin-safe technology, so it doesn't cut you. It doesn't doesn't mark you. It doesn't do anything bad. It will reduce the cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower if you so desire. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner. It's time to keep your North Pole feeling and smelling fresh. The Hygiene Bundle will also come with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that will make you feel good. You'll be in a position where you're not getting all that, as we say, panties in a ruffle. Okay, These boxers will keep your junk feeling fresh all day long. The perfect package for your perfect package. It it is the season to load up on Manscaped products. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends, all those people, the best gift possible out there. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It's fantastic. Go get it now. And remember that Manscaped is going beyond the groin with their new ultra premium body wash. It's infused with aloe vera, has sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, fresh, and moisturized. 
this offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code weighing in at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code weighing in. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud of you this year. I want everyone to realize this wait, is what wait, wait, wait. Say, say that again. Say oh, that yeah. again. Felder and DC were right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, am, I am not a guy that sits there and says, oh, I don't like you. I'm going to say whatever you say. I tell the truth. Absolutely, they're DC. Right. DC. DC. I know you're listening to this, man. I got your back, dog. See, yeah, there say you it go, again baby. one more time, John. DC yeah. was right. DC Paul Felder was, was right. right. <laughs> DC said a lot of right things. And oh, uh, this was a fight, you know, going on that there was a, this whole buildup for Benoit Saint. De, I want to say Denise's is Saint Denise. Uh, a lot of buildup. Uh, you know, they're talking about oh, he's special forces and everything like that. Doesn't mean shit. Just you know, I don't. It doesn't mean anything. You know, he's a he's a good fighter. He's a tough guy, and he had a lot of skill. And he came into this with heart. And Zaliski Dos Santos, you know, a lot more experience. If you're looking at it going into, you're talking about a guy that now has 30 fights compared to a guy that now has nine fights. That's a big difference in experience. That sometimes makes a huge difference in the fight. But really where the difference in the fight was, was the referee. And the referee was a, a, a gentleman. I, I, I'm going to say it wrong. I know, but um, I'd, I'd have to look. Yeah, exactly. Kisilev. Kisilev. Yeah. <clears throat> and now Kisilev. So everyone knows Kisilev was a fighter long ago. And this is when people say, oh, the, you know, we need to make, you know, you know, fighters, referees, it's a this is what you'll see at times, okay, because no. There are guys that were fighters that are referees, Mark Goddard being one, you know, fought Frank Trigg, you know, Frank Trigg doing great, but they, they learned something along the way. And what they learn is, hey, I'm not here to prove someone is tough. I'm here to take somebody out when they cannot intelligently defend themselves anymore. And what you saw tonight was that you had a guy in St. Denise, who was undefeated coming into this fight, all right, undefeated. So had a lot of confidence, believed in himself. He is tougher than shit. He has no give up. And he. I'm just saying, I want everyone to remember going forward. I want you to watch his career and let's see what happens and let's see how much of himself he left inside of that cage based upon a referee that would not do the right thing. And, and, and this is where I'm talking. That referee believed that he was doing the right thing. Oh, I'm letting this guy, I'm letting this guy really, you know, stay in there. Oh, you know, he, he's trying to fight back. It's not your job to let someone try to fight back. It's your job to take care of them when they are so tough that they won't quit and someone is putting a beating on them that can affect their life from this day forward in a negative fashion. And that's what we were seeing. We were seeing a fight where a guy was getting beat that bad. Not, then not only did he let it go past that point, then that fighter gets poked in the eye. So now he's not only beat to death, but he's blind. Now we don't bring in a doctor, okay? And we don't give him hardly any time at all. We just say, you can, you can fight, okay? And... We let him go back out there to get beat on more now that he's blind. 
Then he gets a groin shot. Now, I don't think the groin shot actually hit him. But he got hit in the in the gut and everything. But you'll t- you took a point for that. <laughs> this was one of the worst examples of officiating in the UFC I'd ever seen. And I've seen some bad, bad officiating. But this one was not only the, the <clears throat> disregard of the fighter's safety, but also the disregard of the fighter's welfare when he's being hurt by a foul like the poke in the eye, not bringing in somebody to take care of him, not having someone look. Unless you are an, a, uh, I want to say an ophthalmologist, uh, you know, but an op- you know, so, someone that is good with eyes, you're going to tell me you knew that his eye was fine? He did a horrible job. The one thing I want to say is thank God for guys like Mark Ratner who got on the phone and made sure that that person was done for the night and was not going to do another fight because the, the health and safety and welfare of the fighters was not the thing that was upper front page. What's that? It was not paramount in his mind. What was paramount in his mind was I want to. I want. I want everyone you know not to say any bad things about me stopping a fight. If you as an official start worrying about what the Twitter or the Instagram world is going to say about you, just stop now because you could do the greatest job in the world. And there'll be a bunch of dickheads on there saying how, how much you suck. Okay. Don't worry about it. Do your job and people will recognize that you're good at what you do. You took a guy who was a very good fighter, a very tough individual. And I'm, I hate to say it. You just ruined his career. He's not going to be the same. He's not going to be able to come back the same because he took an incredible (laughs) beating. And this is where Josh, you've talked about this. Yeah. Hopefully they got him in a, into an ambulance and to a hospital right away because when he went in the back, I guarantee he was going to be starting to shut down. Now that doesn't mean he's going to die, but his body's going into shock from the amount of damage that it has absorbed yeah. throughout those 15 minutes. And I just want to say that you know, I've seen it in the past with referees who think they're doing a great job and absolutely are doing something that's atrocious. And this gentleman, you shouldn't be doing professional fights anymore because you don't have the common sense to know when you are required to do your job and stop the fight and take someone out of taking any more damage in the fight. Yeah, I just saw, I was just watching while you were talking. I was watching a clip of him in the second round against the fence, just taking big shots Mm -hmm. and looking away at sometimes. Yeah, he's turned over. Ref just stepped in. Look at when when a professional fighter starts turning away from their mm-hmm. opponent, like they're a kid up against the backstop on the schoolyard because they can't take what's happening. It's telling you that, that's it. They've become overwhelmed. That's not intelligent defense. It's time to get them out of the fight. And it is not an official's job to create toughness in someone to say, "Oh, look at what I did." There are times when, when a referee will see things that will say, look, I can see him trying. I'm going to let him go farther. But there comes a point where you say, I've given you that opportunity. I'm not going to let you take any more. And this was one of those times that it should have happened. Uh, it didn't. I thought DC and Paul Felder, there, I, I saw that there were Twitter people saying, you know, you guys need to shut up. No, DC and Paul Felder, thank you for what you said. You did a great job. You did a great job of announcing that fight. And you were absolutely right when you were saying that referee should have stopped that fight. 
Yeah. <clears throat> uh, a couple of things I said when you were talking is so he did get right into an ambulance and take off. I heard DC had said that good later in, a, in one of the main main event fights. They said they got him an ambulance right away and they got him to the hospital. So they want to make sure that he's okay. Um, <clears throat> it like these situations for referees, John, everyone's different. Like every referee is different. And like when people want to make fun and shit on the ones like, like you, like I like to shit on you because we're we're friends, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, but, but like guys like Jason Herzog or uh, Beltran or bell or any of these, any of these referee Goddard, all them, they do a phenomenal job. And so time in and time out. Yeah. It's like, they're thinking about this. They're doing thousands of fights a year. And they fucked up three or four. You guys learned us to deal with the fact that three or four sure got fucked up. That's it. Would you rather have that or would you rather have this guy every fucking week potentially (laughs) killing somebody? I'm I'm like snickering, but it's true. This is what happens. Like when John talks about when you guys go to when we go to like other cities, right? You go to other state. That state wants to put their referees, the ones that work for their state, they want to get them on the main card. They want them, they want them to ref the main event. They want to get them the experience. I'm sorry, but if I'm a main event fighter, I'm not trying to be the fighter that's trying to get the ref's experience. <laughs> no. no, thank you. No, no, that's what the prelims are for. That's what the, that's what them young fighters are for. You know, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a ref's experiment, you know, their, their experience or their time frame. No. Um, so. To think about all the fights that these refs do day in and day out, weekly, every weekend they're doing, like, I mean, I used to say, I'd, I'd do a fight on Friday night, then I'd fly and go to Vegas, do UFC on Saturday, and sometimes I had fights on Thursdays. Oh. Like, you know, I'm, you know, like, Dude, I, do a show on Thursday. I would do Tuesday. I would do, like, an Ultimate Fighter. Thursday, I'd be doing fights. Mm-hmm. Friday, I'd be doing fights. Saturday, I'd be doing fights. Sometimes Wednesday. Jeez, man. Jeez. That's the way it was. And I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. So it's not. I'm not saying anything bad about it. But I was doing, you know, somewhere around a thousand, over a thousand fights in a year or something. I was doing over a hundred shows. So, uh, yeah. But you're. It's a matter of, and you've got to have. And and again, this guy, he didn't. He wasn't a good fighter. (laughs) I will tell you, he never won a professional fight. But. It's someone that at least I would have said. <laughs> so he sucked, y'all. Well, so okay, sucked. okay, and so you know, it's, but it's someone I would have said, and I always say, they say, hey, sometimes you need to know what it's like. You know, it's good for that referee to know what it's like to be in those positions, to have, you know, to have someone punching you in the head, to know what it's like to take a big shot to the body. It's good to know that stuff, and I always tell people, if it hasn't happened to you, it needs to, you know. And it was one of the things that I, you know. I'm not proud of the fact that I've got punched in the head, but it was good because I understood when someone was hurt and the good guys, they do, and they do a great job of protecting them and doing what's best for the fighter and the sport and the promotion. You know, look at the UFC does not need somebody to die on their show and it can happen. All right. It is remarkable. It is simply remarkable that the UFC, the biggest promotion there is, the one that puts on more fights than anybody now by far, has never, ever had a fighter die. Never had a fighter not be able to actually come back if they wanted. It's remarkable, and, and a lot of it goes to the quality of officials that they get and and the 
the seriousness they put towards the at least what can be a somewhat semblance of fighter safety in the fight world. Yeah. And you know, you, you know that they've they've never been cheap about you know medical procedures. You know, as far as getting people into the fights, you know, taking care of them if they have something that needs to be done, or after the fights when they're hurt. They don't they don't cut corners. They don't do anything. You know that you go, man. You're trying to save a dime. Come on, they've never done that. They've always been fantastic with it, and it shows based upon that record. You know, think about it, Josh. Every year, boxing has deaths. Every year, okay. It's not like oh, they had one ten years ago. It's every year they have multiples, okay. All of these I look at, different things. Basketball has look, deaths. Football, the UFC, MMA has had them, but the UFC hasn't. That says something. See, I, I look at it differently though from boxing. Okay, I, the reason why I look at it differently from boxing is boxing is dominantly targeting the head. Yeah, primarily. All, a lot of yeah, primarily ninety percent, ten percent, and. And the bigger the gloves, the more damage your head can take. You know, the less likely you are to get knocked out. So when you see someone get knocked out in boxing, it's like they got hit with a fucking shot. Oh. Like in MMA, right? You're getting hit with elbows. You're getting hit with, you know, knees. You're getting hit with those things. I get it. But they're very few and far between because you can bridge the gap with my hips coming in tight, making sure you can't hit me clean. You know, hands are up, but the gloves come through. But it's more of a cutting type position or cutting type punch. Yep. The gloves they more or less yep. will split you or cut you, any of those things. <clears throat> um, that's what I think separates us from boxing. And I'm I'm extreme when you said that, I, I started thinking to myself, I'm extremely grateful that no one's died. Yeah. And whether it's the UFC and you know, um, I don't believe anyone has in Bellator. Nope. I don't believe no, anyone has Bellator hasn't PFL has not PFL hasn't no. like you know the major promotions throughout the throughout it have not. You want to know why? Because the majority of them use the best referees every chance they get, and they don't also don't allow. And you guys have to, you guys really need to understand. It's a struggle because John will tell talk to you guys about it too. Probably it's a struggle sometimes. The promotion sometimes have to like battle with the state saying no, you're not using this Joe Blow. You know, to to do the main event because you guys want to put your guy in there. Absolutely not. No, I'm not interested in that. No, it's going to be the Herb Dean. It's going to be the Goddard. It's going to be the Jason Herzog. It's going to be one of those, you know, Mike Beltran. It's going to be one of those guys. I'm not having my main event subject to this where these guys have been known to take big shots. They're known to take, they're known to take multiple shots. That's not what you're looking for. You're not looking for the referee trying to make his name. I'm not looking for that right now. That referee will get their time. But this right now is not the time. And so there's a battle with sometimes a promotion over certain with certain states to get their referees in there. You've got to ease them in. You can't just let it happen because, oh, you're feeling the pressure from the referee or from the state. So you guys got to think that <clears throat> we are very good as a, as a former fighter. I'm extremely blessed to have had fought for every major promotion I think has ever existed. And I'm very thankful, pretty much. I mean, while you were fighting, yes. I pretty much. Yeah, almost. Yeah, while I was fighting, fucking every damn promotion, I think. I didn't find one. That was the only one I didn't fight in. Um, in Elite XE. Um, but all of them. I'm very thankful that all those promoters took my health to the highest level in terms of their concern. They brought in the best referees. You know, and referees will make mistakes. They're human. And we can argue and fuss with them all you want. I've given John a hard time. I've given Herb Dean a hard time. Because those are the two that I remember the ones that I've made mistakes that I felt like made mistakes. Um, you know, but it's, but that's, that's part of like, think about, like I said, 
all the times that there's thousands of, of matches you guys have done, not just mine. And to think that you guys only messed up, you know, let's say, let's say a handful of times throughout the year, let's say 10 times. That's a, that's a, that's a big number, but let's just say 10 times. That's not bad considering the thousand matches you did. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I feel blessed and, and happy that, and a lot of these other fighters should be grateful. The fact that you're not being replaced by these other knuckleheads, you know, that the states are trying to push through. So that's the only comment. It's the only, uh, pat on the back you're ever going to get from me, John. That's so it right there. One. Yeah. <laughs> I screwed up. All right. Well, let's, finish, <laughs> let's finish up the rest of these. All right. Did you, did you want to talk about the rest of these or? Yeah, you know, real quick, uh, I, I, I'll screw up his name, but uh, Mikel Oleg Shuzuk. I can't. I know I'm not saying it right, but goddamn, that guy doesn't look like anything, but he can fight. That's the third time I've watched him fight. He is good. He beat uh, Shamil, who is was undefeated at this point. He was 14 and 0, and he beat him easily. Just beautiful boxing, beautiful pressure. He looked fantastic. Leon Murphy. Holy shit. Amir Khan, he took him down in the first round. He went for that takedown again in the second round. That knee was unbelievable. Outstanding when you are super athletic. You are super fast. I can't wait to watch him again. Uh, Petrosky did a great job in getting the submission against who uh, near the end of the fight, but really you know, a grinding fight. Put a lot of big shots on him. Got the arm triangle. It was a, a nice job. And then your man... Tiger, he uh, Tiger, yeah. he got us. It was a tight fight. It was it was a split decision. I thought it was Should right. He have won. I, th I thought he won. Okay, but uh, it was tight. It was um, okay. good fight. You know, both guys are really good, really fast. A lot of movement. Both guys are. Both guys are good, I, but I, I he's thought so was, young. Yeah, he's so young. I want to say he's like 23, 24, <laughs> something. Like that. He's young, but he's also super. He's a super nice kid, very respectful and. It's so funny when he first came to AK and we rolled and stuff, and uh, and I was just smashing him, and I, it was the whole time. But he's laughing yeah. on bottom. It's just like I love when you're training with someone who the English barrier is obviously there, but it was just fun. Oh, you know the translation of I'm getting smashed, but we're having fun, and this is you know this is this what it's like. And but he was such a he's such a nice kid. He's a hard worker, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best, man. I love seeing the I love seeing the growth because when you see all these young kids come rolling in the gym. Like, ah, you could be a flash in the pan. Because in the States, <clears throat> excuse me, because in the States, a lot of these fighters that come into AK, they're all flashes in the pan. They come, they have like one or two fights, and they're like, oh, I've made it. I'm the man. And then fucking, you never see them again, or they fucking lose one or two fights, and then they're gone. Yeah. These kids, these kids from Russia, and these kids from Dagestan, and that area there, Chechnya, wherever you want to call it, they realize that this is what they want to do. There's no like, okay, I'm going to go party tomorrow night. I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to miss training tomorrow to go play golf like my ass would do all the time. These guys, -uh. that's not in their that's not in their mindset. They don't have that. And so they're just going to continue to get better. You know, some of them are obviously more talented than others. And some of them are obviously are more, have more athleticism than others. But fuck, one thing that they all have is a fucking work ethic. That's what they all have. It's insane. So I'm happy for him. I'm glad he got a win, <clears throat> split decision. But hey, a win's a win, man. On to the next one. So, 
All right, guys, so now let's talk about MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYININ for our show. That Show your support by using that promo code WAYININ. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use that little QR code right there. That'll give you a little bit of extra spending cash and some bonus money, as we like to call it, because we're gambling right now. We're betting on all the things that are that are available. We have football. We have the World Series. We've obviously got MMA fights. They're coming out the wazoo with all these pay-per-views coming up. Bellator's got some good stuff coming up. UFC's got some good stuff coming up. PFL just had a great card that we're going to talk about a little bit here as well. There's plenty of things to bet on. Make sure you guys don't miss out. Go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. And use that QR code there for that extra bonus money. All right. So we did have a big PFL grand finale. The PFL 2021 championships from Hollywood, Florida. They had a ton of their championship fights with the main event being Kayla Harrison against Taylor Gordado. It was a uh, a good fight, I guess, if you want to say for Kayla. Taylor came out and she you know, tried to implement a game plan. You could see what it was. But the, here's the problem you know, when I watch this. And, and look, Kayla, again, I'm going to say Kayla Harrison, dynamite athlete. She's a good fighter. But she does make some basic mistakes. And she does things that a good fighter, one with a lot of experience, is going to start to take advantage of if she fights that type of fighter. A fighter that understands what lateral movement will do for her instead of going straight backwards. Okay, These types of things, when Kayla gets hit, she kind of gets that, you know, little that little ding right in the front. And she starts to go rushing forward after her opponent to close the distance. That's okay when it works against young fighters that are not prepared to stop someone who's physically dominant and has a great grappling background. But when she fights someone that understands what good footwork will do and they off-angle her and crack her with a shot, making her pay for what she's doing, it's going to change the game and it's going to change what she's able to do. So, again, she's, she's an awesome, undefeated fighter she won the pfl championship but again she got hit with some shots from taylor she just was able to just physically overpower her take her down put her in bad positions it was a nice arm bar nice setup she did at the end but you know i see holes in the game josh i really do that they can definitely be taken away but she needs to fight that upper level of competition that's gonna put her in situations where everything she's doing doesn't just work for her because her opponent is not seasoned enough to do the right things. All right, John. Well, I'm going to say that I disagree with you. Okay. I don't think she needs to fight the upper level of competition. I think she needs to stay where the hell she's at and make all that damn money <laughs> okay. that she's fucking making. All right. And don't bother. Don't listen to the Twitter trolls. Don't listen to social media. Don't listen to John. Okay. I'm I didn't tell her you, to stay move. where you're at. I didn't tell you her said to move. she needs to fight the upper level. I said she ain't if gonna fight upper going to competition where she's to at. fight the upper the people with experience, <clears throat> she's going to need to start fighting upper level people that do these things because when she runs into them, she's not going to be ready. <clears throat> she needs to stay where she's at. Okay. Keep fighting the people she's fighting. <laughs> she's going to keep fighting them over and over and over. And, and winning a million dollars a year? I like yeah, it. Yeah, winning a million dollars a year. Plus, all, plus the money she's making for each fight. Yeah. It's smart. I, just keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. I would just, yeah, just keep doing it. Just keep doing what you're doing. There, there's going to be a time where someone's going to come along and beat you. So soak this up as much as you can. Once you go somewhere else, 
It ain't going to be like that. <clears throat> someone put this to me. Someone told me this the other day. I said, look, <clears throat> I'm wondering why more, more, more UFC top level fighters and more Bellator fighters and other fighters from one or wherever don't go to the PFL. Yeah, because every you're year you're up for a million dollars. We're like in the Bellator. Yeah. If they pick your weight class and they have a Grand Prix tournament, yeah, you get that opportunity. But there, it's set. And the with UFC your doesn't class. do it at all. No, that's true. UFC doesn't do it at all unless you get to a to a title shot. But the chances here's the thing: Islam is nine. He's got nine wins in a row. He's not in a title shot yet. Yeah, still, not. there's other people that have had more. Thirteen. Uh, what's it called? Tony Ferguson had thirteen wins or something like that in a row. Twelve. I think he got to the title shot. But he didn't, you know, like he got the interim title. I got that. But there was other people that had John Fitch. I think it was eleven title, uh, eleven wins until he got his title shot. Wasn't Oliveira there when There's, he finally got his title? Shot? You know, every year if you're going to be fighting, for, you know, every year you are going to be fighting for a million dollars as long as you keep winning. You got to win, obviously, try to get some finishes. So the the way the scoring the system, system works there, yeah, yeah, I, their point system sucks. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird system. I get it, but I understand why they do it. It does make it more fun to follow along. I think if people do follow along, but I don't understand why these fighters. More fighters don't jump to the PFL. Why are some of the UFC guys, if you know you're not going to be champion in the UFC, leave now. If you know Dana White doesn't want to promote you or doesn't want to pump you, leave now. Like that, I just, I don't get it. Go there, win your million dollars. Every year you get a million dollars. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, I'm just being honest. I'm like, damn, because even though they've got, they've got one or two good fighters, here's the problem. Uh, this is what good I talent. think the problem is. Maybe, maybe it's not the problem, but here's my, I think once you have, Someone who's really good, like uh, shit, Movlid. Oh my gosh, yeah, hoy, oh man, he's good. He is so damn good. Yeah, oh man, and he was on fire against Chris Wade. But now you take somebody like him, right? And, and fighters that are from the UFC or fighters from Bellator, fighters from wherever, they're like, that's the guy that's going to be in the finals every year now. So why do I want to go there and have to fight that? But that's one guy. In these other organizations, it's going to be harder to become the champion, and you're not going to win a million dollars. That's the thing. You may never win a championship there. It's going to be a lot harder to win a title in, in UFC and Bellator and, than it is going to be in PFL. That's, that's, I think that's just a fact. I think it's going to be harder to win a title in, in Bellator as well as the UFC. But the opportunity to win a million dollars is not the same. Every year, you're going to, you have a chance to win a million dollars in your weight class. Not lot like in another weight class. In your weight class, you have that chance. Like, I don't understand why more fighters just don't try and give it. Like, if you know, if you're say you're sitting at number seven, number nine, or or you're somewhere in there, right? What are your chances of really becoming the champion? You have to start asking yourself that. Be real with yourself. Only you know the answer. Now, don't get me wrong. I think people are gonna have those runs in them, right? They're gonna have the opportunities and the chances. But guys like Rory went there, didn't they weren't they weren't successful? Uh Anthony Pettis, don't remember, everyone's like, oh, they were washed up. No. They're still extremely talented. That's, that's called an They're excuse. They're still still extremely That's an excuse. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not washed up. Those I, guys I, are really those guys were for, still really good when they all, left their organization. For all the people out there that say things like, Oh, that fighter's washed up or or they're just taking the UFC scraps, you're an idiot. You don't know fighting. Okay? <laughs> just telling you straight out. Because all you are is a nut hugger for a specific promotion. Now that's fine if you want to. You want to love the UFC. I, I, that's your business, and that's okay. But don't say a fighter is bad because they go after creating a better situation for themselves and their family and everything. 
because someone's going to pay them more. That's crazy. Now, all of a sudden, because they're not fighting for this promotion when you were, you were rooting for them, now they suck or there's just scraps from the UFC. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, whoever you are, you're a douchebag. Sorry. Well, I know I look at I look at who I saw them fight at 185 and 205. There, they were tough. Yeah, I saw the. I, you know, I, when you watch those fights, but you're telling me that Yoel Romero and you're telling me Anthony Johnson wouldn't have had success there. <laughs> I'm not saying they would have won it, but they would have done pretty damn good. They could have went there. They could have. Oh, come on, you know when people that when when fighters are on their way out. I mean, like, I think I think with when Roy McDonald left Bellator, he went he went there. He, I think he was like, look, this is a big time money grab. This sure opportunity for me to, to make smart. a money grab. Yeah, it was very smart. Um, but I, I think I think I wanna I wonder like if I was can you pull up the UFC rankings, uh, Dave, please? Which one do you want? No, I just put yeah, right. Let's go to let's go to one seventy. There you go. Well, one seventy you had Ray Cooper won the one seventy. Ray Cooper's t- okay, so Against let's not let's Magomed yeah. Karamov. Okay. So let's see. Let's go. Let's go to eighty. Sorry, let's go to eighty-five, and let's go to two hundred five, because those are the perspective ones that I was talking about. Okay. If I'm someone like maybe a Kelvin Gasolum, I'm probably thinking maybe even Darren Till. I'm like, I'm probably I'm out of here. Make a million dollars a year plus the money that I'm making, I'm out. Like <laughs> Kelvin, I think Kelvin has a, a solid chance of winning that thing. At least a couple of years, two years until they until somebody else comes in potentially and starts figuring out how how to fight him. You know, Darren Till. I mean, there's a lot of good wrestlers in in PFL. That there's you know they they have got quite a few of the the Russian Dagestan style wrestlers there. So he may suffer a little bit because he has a hard time off of his back. But guys like if you know if if they ever do let him go, like someone like Apollo Costa. I mean, if he's fighting at two hundred five, let's go to two hundred five. Okay. <clears throat> Dom, I think I think Dominic Reyes can make another run. I think Santos, uh, he might. He's kind. He's kind of been fighting really safe since his knees. Hasn't he's not really been taking a chance. Anthony Smith, I think he may have another run in him, but he's gonna have a hard time with guys like Rakic and Yuri Glover. I think he's gonna be done after you know probably two or three more fights. Jan's gonna stick around, obviously, but even someone like Anthony Smith bouncing and going to the PFL, Anthony could do very he's got well. A great the chance. Right I think he'd do really well in the PFL. Right. You know, Ozdemir right now, if he was to go, you know, I mean, like, I'm not saying he would win it, but it would put him in that top, that chance of making, you know, and chance of winning a million dollars. Okay. Go to, go, a good chance Dave, go to the finals. Bellator. Go to the Bellator light heavyweights. <clears throat> Let's just see. See the difference. Because you're right about those, but if you take a look, because look at Antonio Carlos Jr. won the light heavyweight. Million dollar prize and shoe the, face. Yep, shoe face won the PFL. Shoe, shoe face, and so he's yeah. good. Yeah, he's good. Used to fight one eighty five. Actually, used to fight heavyweight, okay. then went to one eighty five, and then. But if you take a look, you know, do I think he beats Anthony Johnson? No. Do I think he beats? You know, I'm being honest. I don't think he beats Carl Albrechtson. I don't think he's going to beat Julius Anglickskis. I don't think that's going to happen. I think. uh for the most part, like that, I, I know, I know he's not going to beat yeah. Bill Davis. Yeah, but okay. So here's the thing: why, like guys like Machida, why wouldn't he go? That's what I don't get. Like, why wouldn't he go to the Cause PFL? Because he's, he's making a chance to make a million dollars. He's making good. Money. He's good making good money already. He's making a lot of money. I, he's making a I lot of money. That they're making. I he's understand they're making a lot of making money. Making a lot of money for every fight. 
I understand what you're saying, John. I do. I do know that. I know. That, I do know they're making good money. But okay. my point is that you make a million dollars plus your good money. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if it was, you know, he was in the light heavyweight tournament. He's in the light heavyweight tournament for a reason because he wanted to make that million dollars plus his good money. <clears throat> that's where these guys are at. So if they can find now, I don't know how. I don't know if they would sign him because he is older. I don't know, yeah. you know. But I'm saying I'm using those kind of guys. I'm saying like I'm using those kind of guys as an opportunity to say like, hey. I can go there, make, you know, however much. Let's just say you make 150 grand a fight or 100 grand a fight, and then you make, you know, you keep making. You you fight four times, right, to get into the tournament, and then you then you fight in the semifinals, then you fight in the finals. You're making <clears throat> all within a year. Yeah, but you know, you're making. Uh, but you also you, know, have to, you also have to look at. You, let's just take Lyoto for an example. How old is Lyoto? Forty-one years of age, we'll say. Right. Okay. Okay, and the one thing I'm going to say about the PFL. Is they make you fight fast? No, that's you, true. You have to come back fast, and for someone like Leota, that's probably not forty-three. I'm sorry, forty-three years of age. Jeez, yeah, that's yeah. that's not something that's good. It's not something that's going to work for you. So it, it really, there's reasons where you could look at something and say, "Yeah, that's probably not a good idea for you." But you know, you just take a look. There's there's a lot of guys that you could say, "Yeah, I could see them going there," but you got to be, you know, like you said, Movlet. He's damn good. Chris Wade put on a hell of a performance. Yeah. In he did everything he could think of in trying to stop Movlet. He just wasn't able to do it. He just lost every round. And we know that Chris yeah. Wade is he's a good wrestler. He's a good fighter. He's got skill. You know, it's just yeah. There are those he can guys. Wrestle. He can wrestle. He's got good stand up. But Movlet was just on a different level that night. He yep. was all over yep. Chris Wade. Yeah. I was I, expecting I, to be a lot closer. I give Didlia credit in the heavyweight. You know, I thought Capaloza was going to be able to to take him out of it. Mm-hmm. Capaloza won the fight, but I thought you know Dilia actually oh impressed. Phen- phenomenal fight, phenomenal yeah. fight. Both of them I had was both of them I had. <clears throat> Capaloza rocked Dilia right away, right, oh, yeah. and then and then Dilia came back towards the end of the round and was started winning that round. I was like, holy shit! I can't believe this is going on. Like. You were supposed to be out of this fight two minutes ago. You know, I mean, there was there was moments there where the referee could have stopped it. Yeah, it was because Delia was like limp a little bit oh, on the ground, he, and he, he hit him hurt. again and woke him up. Yeah, he was really hurt. And then Delia goes back and Capaloza, same thing. Yep. Delia he get, dro- drops him, gets on top of him, and just starts pounding him. And Capaloza goes out a little bit for a second, and then wakes back up. That was one of the that was it was a barn burner of a fight. I was super was really surprised that fight went the distance yeah extremely so was I. surprised yeah so was i but i mean great but it was a great fight great fight by both and, and really impressed i thought Capolos was going to win i was very impressed with the way delia <clears throat> fought in it he fought better than i ever thought uh, he would against Capoloza. so hats off to him he really put up a hell of a battle in that fight <laughs> so it made it fun to watch uh we yeah. gotta talk we have to talk about the non- tournament fight in abby montez versus clarissa shield i told you i told you i told you (laughs) i i told you this is the one time that i finally told you you said she's gonna walk right through her i said if she gets her down i think she can beat her yeah you did because she and i had watched abby montez before and i was like i don't even think she gets her down she's just not that she she actually did great but it, it it does show where clarissa and and i i'm not in any fashion wanting anyone to think that i'm putting clarissa down i am not i am very impressed with her first off her toughness 
because when you are, you got to figure when a, when a fighter like Montez takes her off of her feet, all of that skill, all of it that got her gold medals, that got her world titles, it's gone. You know, yeah. it, it, you can't utilize it. And so she's putting herself in these positions where that can happen and she's, you know, trying to fight her way through it. I'm, I can hear Greg Jackson trying to tell you, you know, get your left underhook, you know, and it's just not computing. She's, you know, she's not doing it. And then finally she'll get it and she's trying to do it, but that can't happen in a professional fight. That's why you take amateur fights. So you get to these things where when your coach is yelling something out, it's automatic. You're reaching for it. You're trying to do it. It's becoming something that is almost like they're playing a video game with you and it's not happening with Carissa because she just hasn't done it long enough. You know, I'll give her, I give her nothing but props for having the cojones to step out there to not care, you know, about, you know, Oh, this is a different sport and to, to put herself on the line. She's tough. She lost the split decision, but I will say this one thing. And I'm going to say it. Jake Paul had some words to say, dude, Fucking stop, man. She's a world champion. You haven't even fucking smelled that fucking title. You haven't even smelled a belt. You haven't done anything to get a fucking gold medal. Don't fucking talk about she's a loser. She's a fucking winner in life. She's a winner in boxing, and she'll be a winner in MMA. Um, Dave, pull up. What did Jake Paul say? Oh, my God. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Sorry. What did this clown say? Um, I had up here earlier. Yeah. Come on, Dave. Pull that up. So I, I'll, Jamie I'll, would have had that already up. You know that, Josh? <laughs> Jeez, that's frivolous. But in all defense, in all defense, Jamie got one of them like circular, half circular, oh, yeah, like uh, screens that has like fifteen screens open, like fifteen. Yeah, he's got fifteen uh, windows. Just open. in all fairness, yeah, he's got like fifty windows open. Uh, typing. So, away. so hold on. we we didn't buy that for podcast, Dave. Yeah. He looks like. Have you seen that that gif of the guy just pounding on the the keyboard, <laughs> like because he's just talking shit to somebody on social media? There it is, right that's, there. That's how. All right, that's Jamie, man. Here's what he said. I want you to listen to this. The truth hurts, but it's necessary. Clarissa Shields is a loser in MMA, and even more so with her prima donna attitude. The fake always gets exposed. Losses come when anger and hate take over. Just ask Rousey and McGregor. She spent more time berating Jake Paul than learning jiu-jitsu. She's never been a big draw, and unfortunately for her, she never will be. Amanda Serrano, the GWOAT, though, has 30 KOs in 42 fights, 2-0 in MMA, both wins by submission. Congrats, Abigail Montez, on the win. Hmm. Well, Serrano is part of like his camp kind of thing. Yeah, I know I that. Understand correct? Yes. You know, yeah. and Serrano trains out of the out of the Ruka gym as well, a little bit there in in Costa Mesa area. Yeah. Um, he's just trying to pump his girl, but he did it in a very classless way. But classless. what do we expect from the in the in the YouTube generation you. of what we've seen? You know what? Good point. I will stop. Yeah, that's the other thing. We should just expect anybody that has like a that, poodle bro. haircut can't listen. <laughs> Oh, Did you guys man. see Dana responded as but well? But overall, look. Uh, who's who's responded? Oh, Dana yeah. responded to the whole Dana. thing and said that he basically said what John said. Like, you've not fought anyone real. You've not fought anyone in your own weight class. You've fought old people. Um, you've not fought anyone in your own sport. All all the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wait. There you go. John, are you are you uh, in Dana? Dude, we are like this. Friends? Friends like this, baby. 
<laughs> you guys work. Did, did you out. guys work this out? Look, Dana's being okay. How somebody, and and I, and I'm not taking any way anything away from Jake Paul as far as I give you credit, man. You stepped out there. You've you've done it, but you're creating your own situations, which is never the right thing, and it's something that everyone will be able to take and look at and criticize you for because you're not fighting people in your weight class. You're not fighting people in the sport you want to fight. If you want to go fight Ben Askren, go to MMA. You want to fight Tyron Woodley, go to MMA. That's where they both created a career. And the fact that they both created that career at the 170-pound weight class while you are a 200-pound individual, well, if you want to get down to the 170-pound weight limit that they fight at, great. If not, then take on somebody that's bigger because that's what you do when you fight for real. You fight people that are of your size, maybe not so much your age. I'm not going to say that if that's what Dana said, but I can understand what he's saying. You know, Jake Paul being a young guy and he's taking on guys that are retired, basically. So I just look at it and it's like, hey, you are doing a great job of making money. I'm not saying anything bad about you in that way but to because i'm sure I, I don't know what clarissa shields said but she has the right as a true professional fighter a boxer who has won olympic gold as a professional has won the world titles she has a right to say something about your fighting career so far in that she doesn't agree with what you're doing or something like that now you may not like it and that's okay but to call her a loser Sorry, you, you overstepped it. She is anything but that, and uh, it's wrong that you said it. John, the only thing is, though, is that we're over here talking about it, and that's what he feeds off. Yeah, you're you know, right. I'll, I'll, you see, I'll talk, I fell I'll, into the trap. See, I'll talk about when he takes a fight, which I believe he just signed a fight. Oh, the uh, Tommy Fury? Fury? <laughs> Look, it's it's a Come fight. On. The, guy actually, the guy actually is his weight classes, from what yeah. I understand. So, but I mean, I think he beats Tommy Fury. I think I think it's gonna be a lot closer fight than we realize. But I think he beats Tommy Fury. It's gonna be a close fight. Um, but I'm interested to see who he fights after that. His confidence will start to get the better of him, and eventually he'll fight somebody that he thinks he can beat, and that person's gonna win. Now I'm not saying that person's gonna knock him out, but I'm saying that's the person's gonna beat him. And then they'll ride off into the sunset with their millions, and then they'll probably be heard doing something else later on, some makeup line or something like that that most of these YouTube celebrities do. You know, whatever they choose to do. But I, I look, I think we're talking about it. We're more in defense of Clarissa Shields because she's proven to be a superior athlete and everything she's done in terms a of A true boxing. champion. <clears throat> yes, yes. But we but we don't she doesn't need us to come to her defense. This is you know true. what I mean? Like I, I understand Good point. I think I think she understands who Jake Paul is and what he's creating. He's just creating um He's creating that the the clickbait stuff, and just yeah. let him continue to do that, you know. Because um, all we're doing right now is helping is, uh, somebody. Yeah, somebody we'd like to know is we're just giving them the rub. That's what <laughs> we're doing. So we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing that, and we just got to leave these stop. guys alone and, <laughs> and just stop. You stop. Okay. So let's come on, move sunshine. On. Move on. Uh, all right, but look, let's just talk about the fight that stole the show, and the guy who stole the show. Man. Ray Brada Cooper, let's go the third, baby. John, 
he got the when he got the takedown, had a good position. I was like, all right, cool, cool. And then he got back, and then like in the second round, he was getting to his. He got he's got rocked. He got put to the fence, back to the fence. Took some big. Oh shots. my god! I thought, I oh like, man, no. he's in trouble. I was Dude, thinking, no, Maga no, man was lighting him up. Yeah. I was panicked. I was in panic when I'm like, no, no, stay away. Cover up. Because he started putting his hand down. Like, what are you doing? He was doing the swag. Like, you know, he just had well, the hand down a little bit. And I'm just going to relax. <laughs> no, what are you doing? <laughs> and then he just stepped in with the two-piece and the soda. So and the dude, shit was over. That two-piece <laughs> like, fucking hit him and the soda oh, fucking sealed the deal. Oh, dude, he, he put him done. out. He was hurt, man. And he, he, had a, he had that look like, shit, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> he needed to because oh yeah he, look, scary man he beat that a really scary. good fighter look magomed magomed karamov does not get the credit he deserves he's a really good fighter and ray cooper hopefully now is going to get the credit he deserves he's a really good fighter he is strong he is fast he's got power in his hands he can wrestle the only thing he's not great at is the submission game you know he doesn't really play into it doesn't really try to attack yeah. it he goes for ground and pound if he gets on the ground but ray cooper man that was impressive that was a hell of a win against a really top-notch competitor in fucking Magomed. so let let's go back to what i just said a second ago is why don't more fighters from bellator and ufc go to to pfl so they're out to the fight ray cooper breath, <laughs> no, no, in the same breath, I'm going to say, hey, Ray Cooper, this was your last fight on your contract, from what I understand. Why don't you come over to Bellator? Yeah, like, baby. Dude, I'll tell you what. I could you see know what I mean? Some, I could see some fights for Ray Cooper and Bellator that would be fun. I Dominant. would love it. I would and love that. And there's another fight. Russian over there that would be a great matchup. Shit, him and Lima would be a great fight. Oh, it would be fantastic. Like yeah, I would love to see that fight. Now, don't get me wrong. Look, I would love to see him in the UFC as well, you guys. Look, I'm not just saying... I'm obviously I'm gonna I'm being upfront like I normally am. I'm very truthful in these type of situations. <laughs> I'm a freaking homer. I want to see Ray Cooper fighting Bellator. That's just me because I'm a homer. But I'm being honest with you guys. There's a ton of great fights I would love to see him pull up the the UFC uh, rankings for me, please. Thanks, Dave. You're talking about thanks, buddy. I mean, you got Usman Covington. Oh my God, Burns Edwards. You got a lot of yeah. matchups. You got a lot of matchups. Vicente Luque and him would be good. Him and, oh, Vicente uh, Luque and him would be fantastic. I'd love to see him fight Steven Thompson. Because he's one of those guys that just walk through your stuff and just try yeah. to touch you on the chin. Yeah, it's a tough just, fight. That's a, that's a rough he's one. A Steven Thompson, Steven Thompson's a tough fight for everyone. Just yeah, it, and, and but I think it's based upon length also. That's a rough yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. That's a rough one. But I mean, uh, Magomed Karamov or whatever I'd like, you say his full last name. He's tall, long, and lanky too. He's a yeah, big he guy. Is. I was yeah, like, how would you make that weight? He is tall. He's big. He's tall. He's got the thick, those like, looks like he has thick hips, like wide hips. You know, it'd be so a fun like, fight. Yeah, there's Jeff Neal and Ray Cooper would be fun. Jeff Neal's got heavy hands. That would Ma be a good fight. Mazadal and him. Mazadal would be fun. That would be a good fight. The two it of them would. And I, I love me some George, but George is getting up there in age and Ray's still young. Yeah. Speed wise, yeah. that might, that might not end up. Being comfortable. Hey, the old lions always get fucking, always get eaten by the young lions. Don't let that happen. Unless the old lions smart. This game works, my friend. Unless the old lions smart says, that's enough. Uh, 
But anyway, I want I want to make sure that I would give enough due to our boy Ray Brother Cooper the third. Did, Congratulations, my win. man. Congratulations, and uh, Mark Man Mark Karamoff. That was uh, his first loss, I believe. No, no, no. He's had other losses. Yeah, I believe so. No, maybe, maybe his first loss in PFL. Maybe. Six losses. No. He's, oh, yeah. God, who was I thinking that that was their first loss? I don't know. Keep, oh no no some no somebody else didn't have losses. Let me uh, let me see Magomed's record there. Let's see Magomed's. <clears throat> maybe it was uh, Movlid. Maybe Movlid's undefeated. Yeah, he might be. Batali big loss. This is this is before PFL Sorry, first loss in PFL. Yeah, so it's wrong before PFL. Because I know he had a bunch. He had a bunch of fights in uh, ACB, and he yeah, did really like well. I think he has one bucks. loss in ACB. Looks like he lost a bunch of other tough Russians. <laughs> that can happen. Oh man, those guys! All right, uh, go go to Movlid's uh, record because maybe he's undefeated. One of the PFL fighters was undefeated, I believe. Really? Movlid, yeah. Yep. Yep. Nineteen or no? That is yeah. Stud. Stud. All righty, all righty, all righty. So, uh, that's, Dave, that's you what, take, a, take a look at that real quick. That's a pretty yeah. impressive last three wins he had. Lance Palmer, <laughs> yep, right. Brendan Lohane, Lohane, and then Chris Wade. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty damn good. All right, well, keep your eye on Movlin, man. He's a stud. He's out of he's out of Khabib's camp too. He trained with uh, Khabib's dad. Yep, he's part of that. Coming up with Khabib's dad. It's, just the click that they just <laughs> just just ah, it's pretty cool it's goof stud it's pretty cool bunch, bunch of little studs all young too all babies so all right like, what, what news you got for us there, well Dave? we're actually going to do a wing in on the odds for next week's ufc right. 68 usman versus covington do all you right, have so the, on the odds is is a segment that we do specifically for these big time fights uh, from well, mybookie.ag. Let's talk about this because we did pretty good. Well, we told people about. they should bet on Glover because he could definitely win the fight, and he was like a plus two fifty or something like that, two something or other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, we gave him that one. Told him, I think I would take Peter Yan, even though you're giving up some based upon in the style matchup with Corey. Even though Corey, great fight. It was closer than what the scorecards would actually give you an idea of, but we gave them some good good info. They listened. They won. Yeah, some I money. took I, I took the Glover fight, uh, the Glover bet, and I put a hundred bucks on it, so I came up okay. But I also put it on him just to win by submission, so I had two bets. Yeah, like, baby. So I came up pretty good. I made about six hundred bucks. Not too bad. Not, not, not too, too bad, bad at all. Yeah, because I figured I didn't think he was gonna. I didn't think he was gonna knock him out. No, I thought he was gonna. He almost did though. He dro- almost dropped him. You heard him? No, he <laughs> yeah. did drop him. You he heard, heard him. him. But uh, but I thought I I thought for sure if he if the fight did get past the first round, they had I thought he had a really good chance of submission. So I went with him on that. Made about six hundred bucks. All right, so Colby Cha-ching. Covington. Colby drinks Covington. on me, John. Drinks on drinks you. On thank me. God. <laughs> so, so, so you're paying for the. Uh, the party at uh, Jameson's, right? Yeah, 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 well, for, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all free there. No, it's not free. We gotta buy our tickets. We already bought them. Everybody, I'm, I'm pumped. We took all, we took all twelve seats, by the way. I know that's good. 
there's 12 seats in the mixology class. It's all of us. That's MCW not... joined late, so it was all of us. That's oh, that's great. good. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get MCW fucking blitzed. <laughs> We're gonna get you blitzed. I'll try, <laughs> try, baby. We're gonna as long as somebody else is somebody else is big there to help me carry you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Colby Covington taking on Kamaru Usman. Colby is plus right. two fifty. To Kamaru Usman's minus three ten, which is really kind of impressive if you're looking at Kamaru Usman that they have him that high against a guy who I believe they have Colby ranked as the number one contender, and he's minus three ten. That's a lot to give up. Yeah, <clears throat> this is one of those fights that I'm staying away from. But if I was gonna bet, even if I was gonna bet, I'd bu- I'd bet on Kamara Usman. I believe that he has jumped so much since their first fight. Whereas Kobe hasn't I been fighting. Seen the jumps? People talk to me that he's always oh, gotten so much better since he had his new camp and all this other stuff. I haven't seen it though. Yeah, and so I, I'm not, if I'm betting, if I'm a betting person. Doesn't matter if I like Kobe or not. No. Okay. It doesn't matter if you guys think I'm talking. I'm, Bet, I'm not, betting has I'm nothing to do with liking. If you if you're betting yeah, with has, your heart, you're an idiot. This is very true, by the way. <laughs> so when you when you look at this, if I'm going to take any bet, I'm going to go based off of that. Kamaro has been a lot more active. That's one and two is Kamaro has de- evolved, not just his stand up. He's gotten a lot better, and he won the stand up fight the first time, and he's gotten better since then on the feet. Now. But Kobe may try says, to wrestle him a lot more. Yeah, Kobe says that was the worst fight he's ever fought. It's easier to say that now that you've lost. <laughs> I mean, okay, I was wondering what like, you. I don't, I don't go. I'm not placing my bets on how you felt, how you're telling people you felt that day. Of course, you're going to say that. Yeah. Had you won and said that, I'd be like, ooh, okay, then I should expect more. But no, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect in terms of. He doesn't seem like I don't know if he has the ability to evolve enough on the feet to make a difference. Yeah. I don't think so. He's he, he doesn't strike me as he's athletic in wrestling, but he's not athletic. I look he's not athletic on the but he, feet. But he's not overpowering look, in either. Him. He's not no, overpowering in his him. wrestling and he's not overpowering on his feet. <clears throat> I look at him like a John Fitch kind of a yes, little bit. Very you know, much. He's faster than John. He's faster than John. He's a grinder. He puts pace on it. He's got output but if you look at the younger, like the, the age that Colby is now, you look at that John Fitch, that John Fitch was fucking dominant, dominating people up until he got to GSP, you know? And that's kind of where Colby is. He was dominating people too up until he got to Guzman. So if you look, I look at them being very similar. Now, I'm gonna if I was to bet, which I wouldn't bet 310 to win 100 bucks, just yep. not me. It's not, it's, not what I, it's not what I do, man. I stay in my lane. Okay, so it's not it's not what I do, uh, but if I was gonna bet, I would probably still take the Usman bet for three hundred. <clears throat> um, the uh, the over under on that is over is one thirty five, and uh, sorry, the under is plus one hundred five, and the over is minus one thirty five. I think you're gonna get rounds out of this, regardless of what so you do, do. You're gonna get rounds out of it. So if you're gonna take the bet, I could see you potentially betting on the over. I would give up the one thirty five you know, to win a hundred. Yeah, exactly. So right. I would do that as well. <clears throat> um, what's next? Uh, that's well, it's just this one fight, and then we'll get into the other fights on the midweek show. So make sure you guys check it. Oh, I can't show. talk about the other because the other ones are what I want to talk, talk about, about. But okay, we'll wait. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> oh, what a jerk! Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave, is there hey, any Dave, news, though? Can, that was the fastest I've ever clipping? seen podcast Dave move right there. That was <laughs> yeah, fast. I know it's yeah. 
I've I've seen him fall off his roof and ladders and stuff though before. Um, th- those were fast exchanges. Uh, Dave, is there any? Is there? Give us give us your top news. Give us your top headline I, I, for news. Give us I, one article that we okay. can talk well, about. Well, do you want to just browse because um, the only thing yeah, the only thing browse. I had was the, Kib- the Jake Paul and Clarissa thing, but um, uh, that, that you guys talked about that already. So the Clarissa thing. So um, oh, let's like, what's this thing here? What's this? Aljamain Sterling reacts after Peter Yan defeats Corey Sanhagen. What does that right, say? Let's see. It's probably just his tweet, to be honest. Do we really want to know? My- yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do. I want to know what he says. Is he? he is says, he being? Is he being the heel to the fullest? Uh, there's or a bunch of tweets here. First tweet is: My two sons are fighting oh, next for second place. Tune in. Uh, then he oh says, "Oh my god!" I pokes illegal knees, ground shots, dirty rat. Then he says, "Round one, Sanhagen. When you un- when you understand matchups, you know how to pick your spots. Yeah, needs to switch it up. Waiting and waiting isn't a great game plan for everyone." Then he says, "I have it. Nineteen, nineteen, getting into the third. Then he says. 2-1 Jan question mark or 2-1 Sanhagen question mark that was simple it was 2-1 Jan then he says uh, brilliant fight man I have a 48-47 for Jan you earned us first ass whooping rest up and enjoy the work you did I'll see you soon and then he says going to be a yeah. very different fight in 2022 okay I don't have a problem with anything you said <clears throat> nah I mean good. Sc- his scoring's obviously off yeah well that's there, okay but, he, um, but he, he had picked Sanhagen to win too so. yeah but you know why yeah, of course. He was he was praying and hoping. He was asking his God, please, please, Corey, pull this shit out of your fucking ass so I don't gotta fucking fight Peter Yawn. Jeez. Here, you know, here uh, I have a question in the news. This comes from last week. Because now we kind of talked about this before, but there was that great little diatribe between Jan Blahovich and Corey Anderson. John, you're stirring the pot right I now. I am bro. stirring the pot. Because <laughs> I'm not John. doing it. I love Hold it. Glover Teixeira is my friend. I love Glover. He has fought Corey. And uh, he could beat he could beat anybody on a given day. But it does kind of that whole thing with, you know, who knocked him out or I mm-hmm. I made you my, my broad or anything like that. The whole point is this. They're all good fighters. And on a, on a given day... Any of them can win. And I hope people realize that that's the way it is. It doesn't matter where, you know, you're doing it at. It just matters who's good and who's not. And all three of them are great. So what you're going to, and Hasbala would probably beat all of them. (laughs) Hasbala smash all of them. I love them. Here's (laughs) when you get to the upper weights, it becomes more, it becomes more, um, it could happen in any given day on who's going to win yeah. because of the punching power, the potential of getting a takedown, not being able to get up off your backs. Yeah. <clears throat> Normally in the lighter weights, it's the, the person who has the best technique. And you're seeing it like today with Peter Yawn. Yeah. staying tight with his defense, letting his hands leave from his face, not throwing his punches from his waist. All of those things make a huge difference when you have a disciplined fighter who's like playing a freaking video game. And I'm not taking anything away from Corey Sanhagen, but Peter Yawn is like playing a video game. If his coaches are telling him jab, he's jabbing, kick, foot sweep, whatever it is, he's doing it. He stays tight and loyal to everything he does. Those are hard fighters to fight. Doesn't matter if yeah. you're explosive, because they don't good, they, good wrestler. They don't break they make rank. Very little mistakes. Yeah, they, they don't, don't break, break rank. That was a that was a good way of putting it. They don't break rank, and they 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 make very few mistakes because they don't break rank. Yep. When you get into the heavier fighters. 
<clears throat> they leave themselves, they reach a little bit, they lunge a little bit, they load up a little bit. They Once they get taken down, they're like turtles on their back, majority of them are. They don't really get up all that well. They just try to wait out the round. Like that stylistically, when you get to the 205 and up, they don't they don't really do that all that well. And so those fighters are all, I feel, more interchangeable than the lighter weight fighters. Because the lighter weight fighters are technically sound. You know whoever the most technical fighter is going to be is going to probably be the winner. Yeah. In the heavier weights... That's not the case, you know, so which is freaking really strange because I'm about to say this also uh-huh. Yuri Prochesko, whatever. He's not super technical, but he's pretty damn good everywhere because he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. Like, he's good. He's technical. His hands are down. He does all the crazy stuff. But in looking at his style, which he fights and how crazy he is, the one thing he's got on him, you guys, that you guys got to remember that will potentially go away one day is he's got a good beard. Yep. He's somebody that will take a shot. Two or three shots, and he can give. deal with that. But as and he can give it back. But as he gets older, that's going to go away. Guys like Roy Jones Jr. and I've said this for the longest time. Guys like Roy Jones Jr. Zab Judah, they weren't the most defensive and um, technical fighters, but they were super fast, explosive. They can lead themselves out of position and recover. But as they got older, that Not worked against them because they got they were they were getting punched and hit in positions they weren't used to getting hit before, and it was the punches they didn't see that caught them and knocked them out, and then it was a spiral effect after that. That's kind of what you see sometimes in the heavier weights, and so <clears throat> when people were comparing Corey and Nemkov and Yuri and and uh, you know and Jan and now Glover, they can all beat each other in any given day. It doesn't matter your ranking system. It doesn't matter at all. All those guys can beat each other in any given day. So. I'm glad to see that uh, there was a change of the titles because of tonight, not anything against Jan. I, I actually love what he did at 38 years old. He did something that not a lot of people can do. And then Glover did what pretty much he's the oldest now, I think, is what DC was saying. <coughs> no. He's now the Ran- oldest. Ran- Randy, was oldest. When he, Randy was 43 when he beat Tim <laughs> so Sylvia. So he's the second, second oldest. Old, so he's the yeah. second oldest. I knew I heard oldest somewhere in there that he was yeah. the second. Okay. So he's the second oldest uh, person to ever win a title, UFC title. Yep. That's pretty damn impressive. Pretty impressive. Something to be proud of, though. Hell yeah. Congratulations, Glover Teixeira. We have a lot of love and respect for you, so um, enjoy that. Enjoy your drinks today. Get get some rest, and we'll see you against Yuri, I guess, here. Yuri's next. But, hey, before we uh, cut away, <clears throat> call this show. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still Pick up some of our shirts there. Make sure when you guys pick them up, you guys post a picture of you guys receiving them. Post a picture of you guys wearing them. Post a picture of whatever it is you want to do with the shirt. And we will repost it, retweet it, do whatever. We want to thank you guys for supporting us. We are very appreciative for all the things you guys do for us. Even though, and let's try to keep this uh, comment section positive. We like it. We went through a little negative streak for a while. I don't think we want to get away from that negativity. I want to get back into the positivity. And uh, let's do that. So I want to thank you guys. Go to use the promo code and still at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne in. Also, hit the subscribe button on all of our platforms, our audio platforms. Our main audio platforms are iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. Those are our major platforms there. Hit the, the subscribe button on any of those platforms that you guys listen to us on in the audio as well as YouTube. We also have a Clips channel. Our Clips channel, we do a special show called Wayne Interjection that's available there. <clears throat> on our major, on our main Clips ch- our YouTube channel, the, the link is down below. That'll take you to our Clips channel. Hit that link. Hit the subscribe button on our Clips channel as well. Hopefully you guys enjoy this show. This is a great show. Pardon the raspy voice, the coughs, all the stuff. I'm a little sick right now. I'm a little sick. I'm dealing with this. So 
Yeah, but I'm trying to get better before we leave to Ireland for next week's Bellator. They so might not let you in. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we'll find out. I did my COVID test this morning and yesterday. Okay. So, okay. Um, John, take us away, buddy. Everybody out there, thanks for listening in. And to Glover, congratulations, brother, man. You deserved it. Long time coming. To everyone out there, thanks for watching, and we will see ya.